something requires a lot of like labor and love. Like uh, it has a soul to it, and you you taste it. Hello, pretty fucking great. Very good. (laughs) This is liquid gold. All right, where the episodes are long, the guests are strong, the hosts are wrong. There is no psalm. There is no lawn to get off of. Welcome back to Liquid Gold. It's episode 100. Wow. Wow. Very special. Episode 100. Extravaganza. Your yes. host today, Mike Wolf, here with my co-host, Mr. Kenneth Dedman. Kenneth, how are you? How's the summer treating you? I'm doing great. My heart's racing right now. I know. We're nervous because we have a very special guest for episode 100. Without further ado... She is celebrating something herself, the 14th anniversary of Mas Tacos, por favor. Wow. Story? Mas Tacos, por favor. I got to get my pronunciation down. We have a very special guest in-house with us today to talk tequila, tacos, and so much more, Miss Teresa Mason. Teresa, thanks Thank for coming. for having me. Very happy to be here. It's great to have you. Super cool. How's the summer been treating you? I've been having a wonderful summer. I have a tan this year. Yeah, you yep. look tan, rested, been, and yes, I've been. But I know you're working hard. Working hard, but yeah. um, just hanging out, using the greenway a lot, swimming, a little traveling that's again. Great. Yeah, so that's cool. I want to hear about some of your travels um, over the years because I know that they have inspired uh, what you do at, at work and what you do in your, with your food. Um, so we have tons to talk about, and I think we already have a crisp part. Yeah, yeah, I was expecting it. <laughs> we usually oh, wow. get it about 45 minutes in. I, I, <laughs> I know, you were wondering what was going on. I just had to tell you. Um, something else the three of us have in common in the last 30 minutes, we've all snapped into Slim Jims. So we're, we're Slim Jim fortified. We all love wrestling. Yeah. Not as yeah. much as her staff who take off when WWE comes to town. And she has to pick up the slack for him. I, I forgot to so. mention, um, I had uh, Diamond Dallas Page in service um, oh, wow. the night before SummerSlam. I bet he ate a lot. It was almost 20 years to the day. I don't remember the day, but almost 20 years to the summer that I served him last. Whoa. Here in Nashville? Here in Nashville, yeah. Well, that's um, cool. Yeah. It's kind of amazing how the wrestlers, maybe this will be us in podcast form as we're crossing the threshold of episode 100 but it's amazing to me how wrestlers can just keep doing it like yeah it's impressive that tom brady's throwing a football at 42 but you have these wrestlers rick flair's wrestling at 60 something 70 something years old 70 72 yeah something well, insane was, just did his last yeah hurrah yeah this last weekend but it's like you do your last match at 72 that's nuts crazy He's a maniac. We could, it's inspiration to all of us really because we exp- still be making tacos at seventy two. Yeah, I bet you know you'll be uh, somebody will be making you tacos, but I think Moss tacos, <laughs> Moss tacos will still be around. Better. Yeah, <laughs> somebody's making me tacos at seventy two. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Um, no, actually, that's not true. I love to work, and I think that's what keeps us all going and strong and and young. And and so I take it back. I want to be making the tacos. Well, yeah. you know, all in right. this economy, we're all gonna be working till we die. <laughs> <laughs> the the reality from Kenneth Edman always. Uh, we have booze news today. We'll be getting to later. Mm-hmm. Shout out to our producer Michael Eads and everybody at We Own This Town, the We Own This Town podcast network. Find everything going on there at weownthistown.net. And uh, you can find us on the new website, liquidgold.show, where you can go through and find 
99 other episodes in addition to this one. And you can find all the all the cocktails we've covered. Um, we have done our Paloma episode, but today that is what we're drinking. That's what in, that's what's in our glass. The Paloma gods shine down on us today because there was Mexican squirt at the little uh, Latin grocery store where I go to right by my house. They had Mexican squirt, pure cane sugar. It's probably the best way to have a Paloma. Then we also have some watermelon juice, a little Don Fulano Blanco. Kenneth brought the good stuff today. And some Palo Santo bitter. So that's our cocktail that we're drinking today. So, Teresa, you're celebrating 14 years today to, to us, to Kenneth and I. I think that that just sounds like crazy. Like, we're like, wow, it's been 14 years. What does that feel like? Because this, this is a day for you to kind of look back on your career. And, uh, yeah, can you believe it's been 14 years? And how, how does that feel? Yeah, I can, honestly. It, it Sometimes it feels like much longer. And then, you know, other times it, it I remember. I feel like I've been... I guess I've been waiting on you guys for 14 years, right. probably too. Yeah, know, where did where did yeah. you first where did you first beginning. set? Did you was was the truck? The we're truck. talking the four, 14 yeah. years 14 of the years first time you set up as the first in the yeah, truck. First time I sold yeah. the taco was 14 years ago today. Where did you set up? Uh, it was in Five Points uh, in the uh, it was it was a tomato festival, and oh, uh, we were out in front of Rumors, uh, which at the time I was using for my commissary, and. Uh, I had no idea what I was doing. It was a, a wild mess, but it was a lot of fun. And then I stayed in, I focused, I mean, I just stayed in the neighborhood. I stayed in Five mm. Points mostly and did late night also because, uh, fun fact, I didn't know how to cook. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, well, you know, that'll, I'll have plenty of practice and I can, uh, drunk people will be a little less discerning. Yeah. Um, and so I would, I used to start my days around probably nine or 10 PM. Um, well, that's not true. I would start my day in the morning before rumors got to work, mm-hmm. cook, you know, I'd have one little shelf there, you know, organize everything, get the truck set up and then go out and feed people around 10 and stay out till four in the morning. Um, that next year i did that for until it got cold and then i took off and went to mexico for a little while when i came back that next year i think uh it was it worked in my favor because there was a bit of a buzz because they're like oh she's back um you know they didn't know that what was happening mm-hmm. um and i did my first lunch shift and realized that uh you know people would eat my food in the in the daytime at yeah. this point mm-hmm. after months of doing the same thing over and over cooking you know trying to figure out how to do it mm-hmm. um and so and that's sort of how it all began uh the plan was to be a seasonal business so that i could travel and mm-hmm. and uh get to see because that was sort of a, a goal of mine to work for myself and mm-hmm. to be able to uh you know see the world and and do you know what i wanted to do um and then i was so lucky uh that people wanted tacos in the winter that quickly yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think that lasted maybe two well yeah two years because it was two years um that almost exact two years that next july is when i got the brick and mortar okay and then um you know with you know i think we had three staff at the time um uh and i felt very professional yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, and you were you were busy out the gate. 
Do you feel like you were pretty busy out the gate? Well, it, it that, that gate, way. maybe. Yeah. But I spent a lot of time sitting in Five Points by myself, um, uh, hanging out there. I remember, like, the first time I ever sold, like, sold $100. I mm-hmm. thought, I'm fucking rich. This is going to work. Yeah. It's, I'm going to do, you know, yeah. this is how it's going to be. And then, so those milestones, like, you know, selling, you know, two or $300 in the beginning made me feel like, I, I compared it to if I was, you know, working for someone then i wasn't thinking about well but you've been working for 14 hours for the, the four right. hours of the stuff mm-hmm. and you spent 70 dollars to sell the 100 but whatever mm. you know yeah yeah at the end of the day i, I took it as a, as a as a win i was like yeah yeah that's we good sold dollars. yeah just a little bit of something <laughs> yeah. to get you to the next day yeah but yeah. it is true like a few years uh you know once the brick and mortar opened i had an, enough people trusted that the food that they were going to get and so um my uh, uh the opening of that was was much smoother yeah okay less tears <laughs> i bet yeah that, yeah. that always happens with yeah. any opening yeah I've, I've seen it myself um uh tell me a little bit about the inspiration just to do this food like your food that you're doing at mas tacos i think it's kind of amazing and you and i've talked about this years ago but how in many ways for many years there the menu didn't change a whole lot. You have your stuff that like comes like the fried avocado for a while, like was just on a few days a week or so. Special. Cause I remember I was trying to, I would try to catch it and it was like Fridays or something, but tell, tell us a little bit about just that, that idea that you're cooking something, um, every day and you're trying to get better, but you've been, I think it was so amazing after like five years I've eaten your food, you know, at one point, or it was five years for me. Um, and just like it kept getting a little bit better. It was getting a little bit better and you you had mastered that menu. But tell me what that's like for you. Like you're not like changing it up all the time. You are trying to master this menu and do it every day. And I think that there's a lot to admire about that. So it started because, you know, I didn't have a, a background of cooking. I had always been in hospitality, but mm-hmm. I was mostly in front of the, or always in front of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a good palate and I knew, you know, uh, the idea of consistency and quality and, and fresh. So, um, like, I had that going for me that I, w- I wasn't going to let anything go out that wasn't up to my own standards. And I'm very picky. I get so bummed out when I have a bad meal. I just feel like I've, it's like I'll never eat again. You know, I'm just like, yeah. oh, I can't believe I did that. Yeah. So I wanted to keep it as simple as possible because I knew my skill set. Mm-hmm. So we started with, um, we, the menu started with a fish taco, but it was just a, a traditional Baja style fish taco. Didn't do anything special mm-hmm. except for try to make it, you know, the best that I could. And then I wanted a chicken taco. And uh, that was pretty hilarious uh, because I started boiling breast mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and quickly realized I was like, this is disgusting. <laughs> I was like, there's no way to get any moisture back in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was from practice. Then, you know, the first time that, you know, I baked a whole chicken and, and understood about uh, why you needed it that way if you were going to uh you know have good flavor and have and be able to also do a pickup in the truck you know uh, because basically you have to cook it a second time Mm -hmm. um and you know that came from learning and then you know after throwing away the bones so many times realizing like oh wait what can we do with that like the tortilla soup actually is probably the best story because um you know it was basically a byproduct of cooking so much chicken once we got busier and then we're Mm -hmm. like well we'll make a uh, we'll make a broth 
stuff. And, and I had remembered having um, a soup at some point that was a clear tortilla soup instead of a tomato-based. And so I just wanted to sort of remember that and sort of reflect or honor that bowl of soup that I had. And, you know, so you just play with it. You made, I made soup every day for, you know, two months. And then one day I was like, oh, uh, and I was trying too hard. Like, keep it simple. And then... Mm-hmm. And um, and then, of course, we got that, which I think did as much for our business as tacos ever did. I think that tortilla soup is... Yeah, that's no small thing. The tortilla soup us, is a thing. Yeah. And that is like when people get sick in East Nashville or Nashville in general, they're like, let me bring you some Mas Tacos mm-hmm. tortilla soup. It's kind of a thing. Yeah, people people before, bring yeah. it to each other. Yeah. Um, and it's it's become this thing. So what was it about those two months like what did you learn did you sort of take away ingredients you're like i need to just focus on how like what the temperature i'm simmering this at or i um, think it was more um so again because not you know not having a background understanding um you just have to work off feeling and so for me i was just making it and so i started you know being like well you have to have a mirepoix or you have to do this and and whatnot and then i realized um you know once i just let myself just sort of do what felt a little bit more natural because I was like, well, I don't want to buy special things just for the soup. Like the whole point of it is, you know, I've got all this, you know, delicious broth. What are the items that we have here? Let's focus on what we have because, and also at the time is when the shop started. So I had, like I said, there was three of us mm-hmm. at the point. So it wasn't just me doing it. So I had to think, how can someone else replicate this? And it won't matter if I make it or Mike makes it or if Kenneth makes it, it's going to be the same. Mm-hmm. So looking around, I'm like, what do I want? I want it to be spicy. I want it to be, um, you know, uh, savory. I want it to be limey, you know, with lots of good citrus and then just fresh, you know, good vegetables. So we, I went back to just using, like I said, what I had. So we have peppers and we have lime and we have salt and that's all you need. Mm. So that is, nobody believes me, but that is the only thing that's in that broth. Um, I had a girlfriend that say, that said uh, at one point, she was like, oh, it's addictive. But she said it's, but it's physically really addictive because of the bone broth. And she's like, so, you know, this is going to be like your thing. And I think that's true. Mm. Um, So, so yeah, so that's it. So it's just a a matter of uh, sort of dropping the ideas of what something had to be and Mm -hmm. And instead, what we had, what we were using, and and making it easy for people to uh, replicate. And that's been the whole menu. So we started out with three items. Now we have 12, uh, which isn't a huge jump in 14 years. Um, But everything... I feel like everything stands alone. And mm-hmm. and also, too, going back into the ingredients that we put in everything. Like, everything stands alone that way as well. So you can kind of do whatever you want. Um, in the entire restaurant, so we've got 12 items of food. There's probably 25 ingredients in the whole place. We try to do stuff, you know, from scratch you know the best we can so you know simple things like you know using dried beans or you know using bone broth Mm -hmm. or making your own broth like when Mm -hmm. we make the tamales um i went through i wanted them to be so delicious and i tried all different people's recipes and then i tried to make my own and then i went back to the recipe that was on the back of the bag because wow. I was like, they know what they're doing. but so, in That s- happens so much, too. It happens with chocolate chip cookies. And, yeah, yeah, just there's... go back to, I mean, they're doing it already. Yeah. Um, but what I did is instead of using a canned broth or water, I, you know, make my own broth. So then that sort of ups it a little bit. And mm-hmm. then instead of using, um, you know, a store-bought lard, because, again, we're, you know, cooking on that chicken, so we make our own 
schmaltz, mm-hmm. I guess. And mm-hmm. so, and then I whip it up, and then we use that for the lard. So everything is just the the tiny this the extra steps to just make it from real food and make it in house and make it you know the week that we're you know eating it and. Um, I just think that makes the difference. And yeah. a lot of people are always, or a lot of people will say, and it kind of scares me because I never claim this at all, but they're like, oh, they're the best tacos in Nashville. They're the best tacos in the world. And I'm always like, oh, well, wait, 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 we do our best, you yeah. know, but by no means, you know. But the, the reason that I think people trust us is it can be consistent because, you know, the recipes are, there's more, there's not more than like, you know, I'll use the word touches. There's no more than like three or four touches in anything that we do. Mm-hmm. So it's easy for, uh, or not easy, I shouldn't say, but it's, it's a system. possible that we have a system in yeah. place. Yeah. So Ben can create it. Jose can create it. I can create it. Um, and then the a challenge uh, becomes doing it fast and doing it, uh, you know, a thousand times. Yeah. Um, yeah. Y'all know. are, just, you have to be, because there's a line Every time I drive by, y'all are busy. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Prep is good problem out of control, like <laughs> compared to probably how long you're actually open. Yeah. Right? So we start our day at six a.m. Uh, open at eleven, and then we we work eleven to, or we're open from eleven to nine. Um, closing is just you know cleaning, but yeah. But we start every morning at six because we're you know making broth, baking chicken, uh, and then from. I will say from starting, this is, I think is very cool from starting in the taco truck and growing at a consistent pace, but a a slow pace that it wasn't only learning how to cook food. Well, the prep was, is another thing because when you have, when I started in such a small space, you know, you have to be organized. And when I started with just myself and, you know, uh, it was myself and Nick for two years, which is the two of us. And, um, so you, to be organized and, and do all that prep beforehand so that you could your pickup can be real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, fast forward 14 years, and for doing it for 14 years, you know, five to seven days a week, you know, you just, you stump your toe so many times. You're like, oh, why am I doing it this way? So how we, the reason that we can be as quick is because how we portion things. It still almost kind of feels like we're working out of a food truck because of just things that haven't left me and the systems that aren't broken. And then you, you know, you sort of add on when, like I said, you stump your toes so many times, then you're like, oh, let me just do it this way. And then it makes everybody's life easier. And then that's when we'll change the system. Mm. But again, there's only, like I said, there's only a few dozen products in the whole kitchen. And it's great. Controls waste. Yeah. Completely. Like, it's, a, it's good to hear. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think you're touching on three things that I think the home cook, anyone cooking at home can learn from that's going to make your food that you cook at home so much better which is make your own stock or broth like make you know use those chicken bones and use you know roast some cheap beef bones you can get whatever make your own broth and use that in what you do and then also it's not a multitude of ingredients necessarily but like knowing the few ingredients and then buying good ingredients Mm -hmm. buying quality ingredients and then the third thing i think is just repetition and knowing that a recipe is only going to get better over time and that it takes repetition to be good at something. Exactly. But tell me a little bit for the, the goal being able to travel. And I know you've, you've, you've done some cool travels. I've heard about your travels over the years. Oaxaca you've been to, cause I feel like Mexican cuisine is still kind of under, um, appreciated and, uh, misunderstood here in the States. I mean, 
yeah, people love it for the most part, but they don't really know the, you know, it's such an older cuisine than anything we have here. It's one of the oldest cuisines in the world. What have you learned? What are some things that you've seen in your travels? So I think the reason that I fell in love with Mexican cuisine to begin with, um, so this was the, the year prior to moving back to Nashville. So in 2007, I went on a long trip. And I had, had come from New York and was working um, just, you know, with incredible people and eating delicious food. Um, but I was watching them struggle to get things that were local, to get things that were um, seasonal, you know, and, and the amount of work, you know, that it took to do it. Also struggle with um, just the high rents and the expensive opening, you know, a restaurant. Um, I, I was lucky enough to, to be a part of and watch, you know, I guess lucky enough to watch someone do it, not do so it that myself. Two thousand seven. Well, this was in. I was in New York from ninety nine to oh seven. Mm. I think. Wow. Um, That's interesting. I just feel like because it's like pre restaurant kind of boom, where like finding ingredients became a little bit easier. There were more. There's more farmers now in general, and access is a little bit easier. Yeah. It seems like. I, I don't. I don't know why, but I just. Uh, I just watched. Um, you know the the chefs mm-hmm. just you know grocery shop have to go to you know 10 places go up you know go upstate yeah you know just it was just it was everything felt rough like everything mm-hmm. else felt so hard to do mm-hmm. but so the what sort of um inspired me because i was on this trip sort of having a journey thinking what's next for me i was excited uh to be working for you know to be there and to have um like i said eight you know, so much great food and, and being in New York, you know, you get to, you know, hear other languages and eat from around the world and mm-hmm. do whatever. But I, the sort of drive that I wanted to work for myself, I couldn't see that in New York yep. because I was like, this is, I mean, I feel embarrassed to say, but I was like, I think it's too hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, if you have an investor, then you're still working for someone. And so that sort of, you know, defeats the purpose, defeats yeah. the purpose of what I wanted to do. So I was a little lost. Um, and I had uh, went to Mexico and was just kind of taking some time to figure out, you know, what what was it that I wanted to do. And as I was there, I remember I was in Barra de Navidad, mm. as I think um, is where it was. But it was a <clears throat> there was a beach and there was a woman. Where that, is that close um, to? It is. Or what uh, part of this country is that? Um, south of um, uh, Puerto Vallarta. Okay. So okay. a little bit a little bit south of that. Mm-hmm. So she was out every day, and she only sold fish tacos. And um, she had a little cart, and she had a line, and then she would sell out. And then I would see her later, you know, at the beach or at the market or, you know, doing whatever. And I was like, man, that's cool. Like, I wish I, I, wish I could do that. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. And then um, it just sort of stuck with me, and I was just watching her. And, and, and of course, I romanticized that, oh, you know, she's working with her family. She's uh, her independent. She's her own boss. This must be so easy. She's got such a glamorous life. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> poor lady frying fish on the side of the road. You know, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're just like us. <laughs> you're a real romantic. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I remember then um, going to um, wherever the next place that I was at, and they were, you know, there's all the, like the the indoor food courts where, you know, uh, to the eye, every single menu looks exactly the same. And but there's one, uh, like the 
fondas, I guess is what they're called. Mm-hmm. And there's one that's packed, you mm-hmm. know, and everybody else is is having to like, pasale, pasale, you know, come, come, come. Yeah. And, you know, and for whatever reason, you're like, well, I'm not going to sit down here, even though it looks like the same menu is down there. I'm going to go down where everybody's waiting. You yeah. Know, somebody knows something. And, and so between those like two dining experiences and just like, you know, it's just having some time to be quiet and think and imagine again, romanticizing what I would like my life to look like. I thought, you know, this is really cool and you can start much simpler than what I saw, you know, uh, being in not just New York, but any city or Nashville, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I can't imagine starting a restaurant in Nashville now. I mean, yeah. just the expense and the, the stress that it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, luckily, like I say, this was back in 2007. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to go home, Nashville, mm-hmm. and I'm going to get a cart. And I'm going to sit on the street and I'm going to start my business that way. Mm-hmm. And I immediately, like I booked my ticket for to come back. And I was like, this is it. I'm a, and, you know, people in New York were like, well, who's going to cook? Like everybody mm-hmm. that I worked with. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. They're like... All right, we'll see you in a few months, mm-hmm. little get little gal, you know. And I was like, mm. No, no, I'm gonna do it. I've got it. I'm just gonna make you know one thing or two things. Were you cooking at home at that point? Where you're no. like, I am never on the on the low key. I'm a <laughs> oh. fucking Julia Child over no, here. No, okay, nothing. okay, okay. Um, but you had the confidence. You had the confidence. I had the. There's confidence something in there of... that I feel like people can learn from, which is you had you had something in there that was like, I can do this. Yeah. Well, so was I, it confidence? Was it just I. I mean, you believed in yourself. I believed, well, not really, because I said, I'm going to give myself one year. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work, then I'll go back to New York and I'll just say that I'll work for somebody the rest of my life. But I've got to, I guess I believed in myself enough. I was like, I'm going to invest instead of this. I had planned like a long trip because I was like, oh, I want to travel or whatever. I was like, nope, I'm going to, you know, reevaluate what I'm going to do with this time. And I'm going to try as simply as I can to start something and see how it goes. Um, and then, of course, when I go back to Nashville, they were like, well, you can't sell fish on the street with a folding table, young lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. And so that's where the truck uh, came in. And um, it worked for me because um, being th- just trying to be very thrifty and because there were systems that were it – was it's a 72 um, Winnebago. Is what the taco truck Do you still is. have that truck? I do still have still the truck. still have the truck. Um, nice. I thought it was in. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I used to see it in your driveway. It's in the yard. Yeah, it's in the driveway. <laughs> Back when we were neighbors. I used it in a couple of years, but I still do have the truck. But, oh, it had systems in place, like, you know, as far as the water system, and it had a stove, and, you know, and because I didn't know what I was doing, it felt like enough. I was like, this is perfect. And I remember coming, I bought it uh, on Shelby Street, actually. I was been driving around different uh, counties in, in Tennessee, like looking at RVs and stuff. And I came over the hill, and there it was just smiling at me. I mean, it was so lovely. I knew it just immediately that it had to be mine. And so, anyway, that's how I got started, because it was enclosed. And then at that time, Nashville didn't have a food truck that like a, a truly mobile food no, truck not at all yeah there were all the the taquerias and stuff but they on nolensville on nolensville but they are, were mostly like the the other trucks but you know it's like the carts like the pull behinds but right. they mm-hmm. they stayed they stayed, they in, their stayed in their spot in their spot yeah mm-hmm. 
So then we had to, so when I said there was a lot of tears in that first year, there were a lot of tears because they were like, well, we don't, I mean, what do we do? And maybe this one works for you, but just had to sort of work together. I had to then crush my ideas of being like scared of the health department and think, wait a second, we're working together. I want to ensure, you know, so let's figure it out guys. And and so we did. And, and that felt like my, like the first sort of uh, achievement. Like I felt like, okay, I could do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, oh, shoot, I've got to learn how to cook some food or do something. So I just practiced for, you know, probably a couple months uh, mm-hmm. before I hit the street. Um, I started with that fish taco. Yep. And uh, we did a uh, chicken, pulled chicken. I had an agua fresca. Mm-hmm. And I think we did elote. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was it. Yeah, you had like a chalkboard. And we had right? a chalkboard. Yeah. Yep. We had a chalkboard. And then, you know, the avocado that you say that happened, um, the Nashville scene had hired me for a, a luncheon, and uh, which I thought I was just really like a, just the, you know, big deal. I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm the shit now. Yeah. Um, and we ran out of fish. It was so it was like a busier experience than I had thought of. So we started frying avocado. Because I was like, I feel like I've eaten that somewhere. You've mm-hmm. done something. So uh, that's how it came about. Um, yeah, okay. We were like, well, fry the avocado then. And, and then, that you know. That felt like the, uh, what was the... What was the bar? Alley Cat. Yeah. That's what I was trying alley to do. Cat. The Void of Alley they Cat. Had, they did a whole avocado and like a dip. Yeah. And mm. so I was like, I can fry it. But, you know, ours had that more sort of um, temper, kind of crispy batter. Sure. But people loved it. So, yes. But so the reason you got one or the other in the, in the beginning was because we were cooking, even at the shop when we started, we were frying everything in a big, big, huh, like a five quart uh, cast iron. Okay. Like Dutch oven. Yep. So we would just That's what fry, I fry with at home. fish yep. or avocado. We would do one or the other because, uh, you know, one, we just, the temp, you know, you just didn't want to overdo anything. Yeah. Or, and you have a double dunker. You yeah. didn't have a double dunker situation. <laughs> okay. So we would do one or the other. Yep. Um, there are so many things that are just hilarious now looking back because we didn't have a fryer, a proper fryer for probably four or five years. I mean, Wild poor up. guys. They, I mean, at one point we were like, oh, I guess we could put two pots on the stove. But then, you know, you got one person uh, in charge of, and this is still how it is. It's it's pretty, like, unbelievable. One person is in charge of all of that protein. Like, mm-hmm. that, you know, there's one person on the, the stove. I've got one person making tacos and then one person making soup. So we've got, basically, it's a... a, a a three-part kitchen that still does everything. Now, of course, now we have a lot of people doing prep and, and dish and, mm-hmm. and and just sort of service to help. But because of the spatial issues, we've never figured out how to get two people making tacos at once or, you know, whatever. So we just yeah. keep rolling on like we're Seems effortless, rolling. really. Like, uh. <laughs> yeah, you talk to my cats in the kitchen. <laughs> See you know, like, <laughs> I always feel like, yeah, you know, like uh, I'm going through there and I'm always trying to peek peek into the kitchen see 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 what's going on yeah course, uh, yeah you got to keep moving though like yeah yeah my team is incredible right now we have the best team we've ever had we every time i've been there it's been the best uh, yeah the best oh. crew <laughs> okay <laughs> good the most people everybody that's full-time has been there for a few years now ben just had his 11th anniversary um he's my uh manager wow. um but the 
you know, we have the rotation in like the window people because we hire, you know, teenagers and stuff up front. But most of my team have been there and they do make it look effortless. I had to, I wasn't, usually when I work the stove now, I have to, you know, go to bed two hours early, prep myself up for it, you know, do some cardio in the morning to try to get ready and, nice. and organize yeah. my stuff. But It's like game day. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, and everybody's always worried about me too because they're like, because I don't do it that much anymore. Uh-huh. Um, and so recently I had to jump on the stove on a Saturday and thought I was working the window that day. So I had a totally different mind space. And, you know, it, all the, I had a crew that day. It was, it was mostly women and we worked together, but there's uh, my, one of the dishwashers came and stood next to me and like helped me like, you know, drop the fryer and do stuff. And they were laughing. They were like, okay, Teresa, we got it. We got it. We're like, we can do it. Um, but it was hard. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was sweating and just like, oh, like, like not only just like being hot because it's all so hot, but I was like so nervous. I kept looking out and like seeing the line. I'm like, don't look out there. Don't look Wow, after all these years, yeah, you still get the the rush. Well, I have my favorite stations and the... and the ones that I do, because we talk about practice. And so now since I'm not on that station as much, uh, you know, I have to really sort of psych myself up to do it. But mm-hmm. uh, I said it was it was good for team morale, too, because it gave everybody a good laugh. And, you know, they were like, yeah, <laughs> that's cool. I was like, she can in a pinch. <laughs> that's great. So something interesting was I was um, coming to Moss Tacos early on uh, before my shifts at Holland House. And that oh, was okay. uh, when I really was really... Uh, experiencing the food there on a weekly basis, probably having it three times a week. But I feel like that corner was starting to change once kind of Holland House opened, but then once you open, now there's like a couple places there that people can go to. And then when the pharmacy opened, that whole area, it blew up a little bit. The pharmacy got really busy. There was some worry early on that like the pharmacy was going to take your business. I remember some of us that loved Mastacas was like, Pharmacy is going to get, it's getting so busy. Are they taken away from Teresa? But it didn't really seem to happen that way. It just seemed like there was a line over here at pharmacy. Yeah. There's a line at Moss Tacos. There's lines. There's people coming here, which I think was really interesting for that neighborhood. Yeah. Because that neighborhood was still a little bit touch and go 2011, 2012. 2020. <laughs> 2020. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about, you have seen that neighborhood change but also there's maybe a part of it that that doesn't change yeah Um, i think for me so we have been there since 2010 and we actually uh opened before any other there was not another business so um and my landlord um who i just adore i remember in the beginning was like and you're not gonna get anybody to come over here and eat food like I, i i worry about you but you can take the lease but yeah. you know i i don't know what you're gonna do and so there's where some confidence plays i remembered like again like when you're traveling or when you're in a when you're living in a larger city like people will travel for food if, if yeah. it's good or if it's an interesting experience or a little you know a little bit unique and you know just worth it you know it was no so i never had any fear about that mm-hmm. with more restaurants opening i luckily also in the same vein it was never that never felt scary for me it I was always exciting because yeah. i knew you know if uh, the the more things to eat and do and drink um just it's the better for better for everybody mm-hmm. um someone had said once well whenever they put a t- you know taqueria across the way i'm like i don't care like you know yeah. it is different and it still brings people i'm sure 
that would even bring because they're like, oh, we'll have, you know, here and go there. So I just think uh, it's now that there are, and Spicy Boys is there now as well. And so now there's several types of cuisine. And, um, oh, Lyra, I'm in just in love with yeah lyra's uh, amazing it's so good but so you know there's something for everybody there so now and especially as we're such a, a tourist town it feels like a, a food destination instead mm-hmm. of like they're not just coming or if you, you know for my tacos and you know good for me if they come to lyra or spicy boys and say oh there's a taqueria with a line i'm gonna go there next time yeah you know i think that's yep. i think that's how it works so i just think the 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 more the merrier when it comes to businesses, even if they're all food businesses, especially, honestly, if they're all food business. Yeah, and I'm sure the line helps you sometimes with uh, just some sort of recognition or respect that people, if people aren't going to go that time, they're like, that must be good. Yeah. Like the food cr- food court that you saw in Mexico. Yeah, that's exactly that right. That must be the good stuff over there. Yeah. So you, you probably have... People want to get it. They're like, I want to get in that line. I need to get there. <laughs> yeah, <that was> great. <laughs> I've got to get in that line. Yeah. I feel like yeah. one of the most positive experiences i had definitely like pandemic in the middle of the pandemic i was getting uh i was in that line and uh it was early and everyone's being weird and everyone's been weird since then anyway but like uh <laughs> this dude comes rolling up the street on a remote control couch <laughs> sam and <yeah>. got <laughs> in the line behind me <laughs> oh wow yeah. him and That's his impressive. buddies came just rolling <laughs> it was like a uh not a not a full couch it was like, like a, a love seat, seat. yeah fully motorized it was like on a very yeah That's i think like, that yeah. was for their music video uh sam uh, had worked at wilburn for a little while um and so that's how i knew his name but um oh but speaking of the neighborhood and changing the neighborhood i was going to say is there's still a lot of people that have i've seen like there's a young lady there named juniper that's working um the window now mm-hmm. and she is I think she just turned 17. So, you know, I've been feeding her since uh-huh. she was seven years old. Her wow. family lives on the street. That's and, amazing. You know, and, and then there's a, a another young man that I remember the first time he came in. He worked there for a little while as well. Um, the first time he came in without his mother, I was like, how'd you get here? He's like, I drove. I was like, because oh, I remember when he was I think I remember, like, I want to say when he was born, but I was like, I feel like I remember when he was like two years old or something, two or three years old, you know, just oh a very God. little kid. Um, and uh, and he were, his name is Jack. He worked at Mas Tacos for a little while, too, because we were all calling him Young Jack. But, yeah, I just remember that first experience. I was like, you know, where's your mom? He's like, I just drove myself. I was like, oh! That's Drove funny. Yourself. Does that feel awkward <laughs> yeah. when those like uh, those well, when kids in East Nashville? Now, I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> I know, like, look at your ID again. <laughs> the the New York Cafe, the old New York, or I think it was New York Pizza or whatever in East Nashville. It was just like a family that did it, that did a uh, delivery. Okay. And I ran into the their kid who would hop out of the car and run up and deliver the pizza. I ran into him the other day at uh, that Publix over there in Berry Hill, mm-hmm. and he was 24 and had kids. And, oh. well, <laughs> and he was like, you're, you're Kenneth, right? And I was like, well, who are you? Yeah, you're like, you're like I like, haven't been aging as rapidly f- as I you grew have. Up, yeah, like I grew up <laughs> yeah. bringing you pizza. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. All right, before we get into, because you, you moved into the booze world. Eventually, oh, yeah. you put a bar in there at Moss Tacos. I want to talk about Wilburn later that's i love wilburn that's the bar i probably frequent the most these days it's you know it's it's where we clock out at work sometimes yeah but 
the agua frescas over there at Mas Tacos are really nice too. So let's talk about those. Like, what are they? What what's a, what's what are some techniques people could use at home to kind of make those? They're super simple, but I feel like they're kind of mystifying for people that aren't haven't traveled to Mexico or aren't that familiar with them. But the, it's really just like it's meant to be refreshing. It's meant to be light, not a ton of ingredients. But you've had a lot of success selling a lot of agua fresca over there. Yeah, so that's true. What are some of your favorites? The Give house some, favorite some recipes. or the um, the one that we never we try to do a rotating uh, lineup so that you know people can get what they want. And that's funny sometimes too because the one day you don't make you know hamica, someone's like, oh, I drove all the way from the moon for this hamica. You know. Yeah. Like, all right, lady. <laughs> um, but um, the uh, pineapple cilantro, I think, yeah. is the sort of the the one that has to stick around because mm, that's a good um, one. It's just you know super interesting and and it has been there, but um, but it's just that. So I think the um, the the thing with them, ours I guess are almost more like juice than aguas frescas mm-hmm. because it traditionally should be a like a very thin drink. Yeah, I yeah mean, it's it, like it's really just like a flavored water, right? Um, I mean it, it translates as fresh water, so mm-hmm. it's it's basically you're just blending a fruit and you know with water traditionally mm-hmm. and then over ice and and you can enjoy it and drink it mm-hmm. so for us um you know ours are a little bit more flavorful a yeah. little less sugar um mm-hmm. the pineapple doesn't we don't put any sugar in it's just the pineapple cilantro uh blended in the blender we put it over ice uh as the ice melts it thins out with the pineapple you do put obviously water in the in the blender as well mm-hmm. um but there's no this is like kind of all my cooking like there's not really a just do what you like. Yeah. You know, if you want it to be like a, a little thicker and you like the bite to it, then use less water. If you like it, I like it thin and, you know, I want to just, I want it to be really like a flavored water. Yeah. Um, then a little more water. You know, mm-hmm. I like to put a whole bunch of, I like to make it in the morning, put a whole bunch of ice in it and then let the ice melt as the day goes on. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you're, it's kind of changing throughout the day. kind of opens up. your home. Mm-hmm. And it thins out and it stays really cold and it's just always there and ready for you. Um, another one that's uh, a favorite is watermelon, which is mm-hmm. just so simple because it truly is just blending the watermelon. And after, uh, like, oh, here's a trick for if you're at home. Um, so start with your blender and always put like a little bit of liquid in the bottom to get started. But then it's exactly what I did before I came here for our watermelon palomas. Yeah. A little bit of water, a little bit of water, probably like two ounces at the bottom of the blender. And then uh, I put a bunch of watermelon in there. And, that's and then it. blended it up. But yeah, and go ahead. people get, well, I was going to say, so people get intimidated. It's like, oh, I don't know how to do that or whatnot. I'm like, for me, like I quarter my watermelon. I sc- kind of uh, score it so I can easily just scoop it out with a spoon. Um, but put it in the blender, start with some water. And then uh, I think like a nice little trick is instead of pouring it all out, just keep a little bit in there. And then you don't have to wire it down too much. And that's where you're getting like a really super flavorful, rich drink. Nice. Squeeze a little lime in it Mm -hmm. and you're ready to go. And people Mm -hmm. are always, people want to know how to make the watermelon agua fresca. People are always asking me for the recipe for elote, which is, you know, nothing it's it surprises them they come back and they're so excited so you got one uh, yeah Yeah. i mean uh, if you grill from the master okay Okay. yes (laughs) i mean there's no wrong some people boil it some people you know grill it on or you know uh, shuck on or not we how does Teresa uh, from mas tacos celebrating 14 years today (laughs) 
How does she make we it? We grill it on uh, a, a flat cast iron griddle. Okay. Um, without, uh, you know, we uh, shuck it and, and grill it directly on the griddle. Mm-hmm. Um, because I like the nice, uh, a little char. Yeah, you get a little char on the kernels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, another thing that's very, very important is to dress it when it comes off the grill, when it's hot. Okay. Because what happens is... Um, and um, I shouldn't say I fib to people, but when people ask me what's on it, like when they're not wanting a recipe, I'm just like, oh, it's just cheese and lime and spice. Because if you say it's mayonnaise, they're like, oh, I don't want the mayonnaise. Yeah. And then they, <laughs> they you know, it ruins everything. Yeah. So, um, but the the trick is, and and a way to get it on there too, it works really nice. Is we use a pastry brush. So you just brush the mayonnaise on and like kind of layer it in but when you do it when it's hot it just melts and becomes the glue yeah and then you roll it in your cheese fresh squeeze you know lime mm-hmm. a little bit of um cayenne mm-hmm. to taste mm-hmm. and it's it that's perfect so it's, it's three ingredients it's so easy so people um that's a recipe that people like to have and i feel like it wows their friends at parties because it is so tasty it's so good and it's so easy yeah to make it's so like, good it, it takes like you know nothing in no time mm-hmm. um and so that's that's a uh, that's one that that's that perfect because like. yeah. we're right in corn season. What was it like going through um, the, those first parts of the pandemic where you're like, geez, what am I gonna be back in the truck or what am I? It what was, was some of that like for you? You know, it was stressful because I didn't know what was right, and there was no one telling you what was right. It's yeah. hard to do. I mean, people were giving their opinions, but like I just leaned on you know whatever the health department would say or, you know, that was changing all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was what was scary because I didn't want to put my team at risk, nor did I want to put my community at risk, nor myself. But, you know, let's be honest, I also don't want to put my business at risk. Yeah. Um, and I like what I do. And, you know, and it, it does, you know, a lot of my pride that I have now is because, you know, so many people in the community or, you know, or beyond, you know, love it so much. And that really, you know, builds builds me up my head Mm -hmm. is huge you know so uh, and then i've got a team that i guess so when i got when we first when it first happened and they were talking about like a two-week close down i was like okay well you know we can do that um and then when it people were talking about i think it's going to be like this whole summer or you know whatever and i was like no way you know i was like can give me a break um and but for us the transition was we had to change a few things um and we lost half of our staff but we had to change a few things to make everything more like to go friendly Mm -hmm. but after like honestly we like in a a, one day of doing it because of how we had started in the truck and all those systems were like kind of like grab and go and like easy stuff it was easy for us to sort of transition to use that window and start just doing to go um, it did change our business in. We started taking credit cards because, you know, we started, uh, we got a phone. Yeah. Uh, and after 12 years of not having a phone, <laughs> we got a telephone. Nice. We started taking credit cards. Um, so some, some things like that changed that were pivotal in, you know, having success and, mm-hmm. and being able to. But basically there were like eight or nine of us. And those are the, the people that, like I said, were still in the kitchen that we just worked every day. We went down to a five-day work week. So everybody knew their schedule mm-hmm. and everybody had their time off and it just, we sort of, um, streamlined mm-hmm. some things. Um, and we were closed for 16 months inside. Wow. Uh, we were minimally closed like for business. I mean, just 
I don't probably a few days or maybe not even a few days because yeah. we quickly just went to to go only. But inside, we were closed for sixteen months, and that did affect our business, um, you know, quite a bit. But because of the food being uh, manageable to take to go, because of the price point, um, we never. I mean, I was spoiled before, but mm. it was never. We were never in danger. We stayed afloat. Easily is not the word, but we we had you know people that wanted it, and a lot of people said that they were so thankful because it, it was some sort of normalcy in the beginning that they could still eat some food that they wanted even if they had to eat at home. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people also sent me emails and sent me you know messages and stuff saying that they thought me being open at all was you know terrible and that I should be ashamed of myself. Hmm. Um, so I was getting it on both ends. Hmm. And that was hard. It, yeah. You know, it's just on your heart to know what to do because you, you know, want to do what's right. But if, if you don't know, then yeah. I'm like, just do what's natural, I guess. Yeah. Or do what, what you've been doing. Just keep going yeah. every day, little by little. Yeah. yeah. Ch- changing There's the always going to be haters <laughs> yeah. everywhere. We used to laugh that we had such a um, – uh, I said I'm always, I'm always really proud of uh, the diversity in our line because everybody's there, everybody's eating. Um, but we were laughing during this time that we had such a diverse line because there would be, you know, families in masks and then families that were not and, you know, wearing T-shirts and hats that explained why they weren't. Um, and, you know, people being very upset that they couldn't come in but still standing there and, you know, just – and then before they ordered, telling us why we were, you know, idiots for not being open and inside. And but they were all still there. Like I was like, everybody's still here, though. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. That's like a yeah. That's kind of a um, just you know side by side. <laughs> I was like, all right, equal opportunity tacos for everybody. Even the Trumpers love the tacos. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Wow. That's amazing. Taco so, diplomacy. Yeah, we were laughing because it was just like, because, you know, everybody sort of just dug in to what they believed and really wanted to tell you about it. And again, like I was like, I don't know. I mean, again, we're just, same thing, trying to do what we know how to do and do our best. Um, I don't know that I would have done it the same if I, you know, know what I know now. But anyway, it's done and yeah. we made it through the other side. So, well, and before that, you had, uh, you opened the bar, you know, you kind of expanded, opened the bar up, you got into the world of booze. So to me, you're one of my favorite, you're always one of my favorite guests to come, but you could be a tough cookie. You didn't like stuff that was too sweet. <laughs> and, you know, it might add an extra half ounce of booze if Teresa's coming in. She's, you know, she's in the, she's in the biz. She <laughs> likes fam. mostly stuff just on the rocks, but she, you would like cocktails. Um, and I also got to throw a shout out to your friends. So Val, yeah, uh, Rababa, yep, Jess Cheatham, yep. I love all them. They're the best. So when you guys would I come, had the best friends. You guys would come to you know see me at Rumors East. Mm-hmm. That was always fun. And then there was always Holland House and everywhere. I'm sure at some point it just made sense to you to kind of expand, put a bar in there. You know, better margins with drinks. Yeah. Um, but what Less was that? Prep. Yeah, less prep. Here's a beer. Lean on the booze. Yeah, there you go. Open a beer. That's a. That's what they're doing downtown. They're killing it. Yeah. Thirty. You know, they sell thirty thousand dollars a beer in five hours. I think it's some of the busiest uh, downtown bars. But yeah, what was that like? And what did you learn as you were like, oh, now I'm now I'm in this world. I'm in the bar world. Yeah. I'm in the liquid gold world. Um, yeah. What was that like for you to kind of expand into that? It was fun. So for me, it, you know, just always wanting 
so for me, like always just wanting like a little challenge or a little growth is, is sort of what happened. So you started in the truck and then um, it was a, it felt like a big risk to, to go brick and mortar. Um, but it was fun also mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. you're, when you're building something and, and, and physically building it too, you know, and, and then, you know, all my girlfriends, I say I did I said I didn't have employees until you really had the truck, but I also had all my girlfriends, you know, mm-hmm. working with me every day, or at least hanging and that keeping was, me entertained. That was the original and Tracy, experience. Was yeah. like, Tracy at yeah. White Squirrel Farms? Yeah. Got to throw her a shout yep. out. Yep. White Squirrel Farms, yep. the best produce in Tennessee. True story. But uh, yeah. uh, Tracy was. Um, uh, oh, you know what? There was a, uh, a. It wasn't a direct line from Mexico to. Uh, Nashville. I first went to California to visit Tracy, and she is an incredible cook. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she helped me try to make a good option for a vegetarian taco that wasn't beans. Oh, nice! So she's responsible for that quinoa taco. Oh, that's amazing! Uh, yeah, quinoa, oh, that's sweet, amazing! Sweet potato. Quinoa, sweet potato. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That used to be that was something that we used to change up because in the summertime, her version of it was with tomatilla and sweet corn. And gold potatoes, and then one year for the fall we went to sweet potatoes and jalapenos, and then like I said, you know, if you change it, and people are like, oh, sweet potatoes. Yeah. So, but anyway, yeah, she's uh, she so she was a really um, uh, integral part of, yeah. of starting my tacos. Too. Oh, that's awesome. But yeah, so it was just all my girlfriends, yeah. and and that was made it fun too because that felt like what I had romanticized, you know, mm-hmm. about the, the woman on the beach because mm-hmm. uh, you know my they are my family, um, and. Yeah, they suffered through a lot. Yeah. <laughs> they needed a stiff. They needed an extra half ounce of uh, booze when they. Got, yeah, there you go. There you in. go. Yeah, that's um, that's why we're here. Yeah, correct but, me if I'm wrong. The the quinoa taco was the one that uh, Guy Fieri, like that was touted, a taco that he right? wanted. Yeah, yeah. He, wow. His sister, uh, he said, was a vegetarian. So it was a. Um, we did. Uh, it was a holiday tradition, is what the show is called. So we made tamales together. On um, diners, drive-ins, and dives. Mm-hmm. And we made That's a big one. Pozole. Yeah. It, it really, he told me, he's like, this is going to change your business. And I was like, all right, Guy Fieri. Did he? Wait, wait, no. Uh, <laughs> so he personally told you yeah, that? Yeah. He was like, this, this is going to change he, your business. He really, I think, I think he truly enjoyed being there like we yeah. had a really good time yeah and that was how brought... i got into that guy because i love the tacos so much uh-huh. i didn't even know who the guy was but someone had said like uh yeah this guy's a big deal and like uh, yeah he's doing something with Teresa. i'm like ah, whatever and then I saw i've always heard TV. this i was like what the fuck yeah, yeah i've always heard the stories of how much it lifts up business it and truly did uh, he told me he said, he said get ready amazing mm-hmm. um uh, but so anyway he came and i think he was not supposed to be there for a little bit but he ended up having pat martin come over and he had some other guests and so we we had a really fun time i was the first time i had ever done anything on tv and i was a nervous wreck for about a minute and then we just had so much fun. But he said, "What he said, what you've got is I don't know if he said gold, but he might as well said you've got some liquid gold." Oh, and nice. he was like, "These." And he told me he's like, "You know, I have." Uh, I think he said I had a Mexican restaurant. Even he was like, "Yeah, this is you know you're doing a good job here, lady." Wow. Um, and he's like, "Get ready, your business is going to change." And in my heart, I thought, "How can my business change? We're already doing so well." Yeah. And the day after it aired, there were Nashvillians. That, you know, coming from uh, all over. I mm-hmm. mean, the parking lot was full. Mm. It was over the holidays, and so people were traveling, too. And still, that was in, I think that was like 2012 or 13 when that happened. Yeah. Still, every Christmas, 
we get a big flux of people that travel around and go to every restaurant that he's ever been to. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And there's so replays. So amazing. people I've heard over the years from people that are like, when the replay comes up, I get slammed. So we, so. every Christmas, so they start airing it on Thanksgiving until, I hope, I hope that you still air it, please, guys. Yeah. Um, from Thanksgiving. Keep doing it. Keep it's doing great. It. Keep we doing love it, you, Guy Fieri, um, here at Liquid From Gold. Thanksgiving to January 1st, and they start airing again. And then people are like, what? Or, and sometimes, I guess, too, because people come in, I just saw you on the thing. And yeah. Anyway, it did make a big difference. But, yeah, we had the quinoa taco. He said his sister was a vegetarian, so that's why he wanted that. Um, and we did the pozole, and we did the tamales. That's cool. Very cool. Yeah. And he loved it. A yeah. business that went yeah. from, like, foot traffic yeah. to just a, a local neighborhood destination to a citywide destination. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, to a in worldwide yeah, no, destination. Literally, <laughs> nowadays, <laughs> nowadays people go there yeah. from all over the freaking world knowingly. It's not like they stumble upon it. Yeah. Even though that'd be super cool. That's I, super cool when people do, I imagine, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. I've always loved places that are like, you know, world famous car wash, world famous, you know, ribs oh, yeah. and hair salon. And and the last time that the girls did um, the new signage for, that was another thing, too. We didn't have a sign for years. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time that somebody really complained enough that I was like, all right, you know, fuck it. I'll I'll go fix a sign. I wrote Moss Tacos on the wall with a Sharpie <laughs> out front. Like, I, was like, I mean, it was a thick Sharpie. Yeah. But I, like, I wrote it in the, you know, really wrote it in there. Onto like, like concrete or brick yeah, or on something? The, on the, on the, on That's the concrete amazing. block, yeah. <laughs> I was like, there you go. There's a sign. Yeah. But for a long time, it just said, because it used to be Hampton Deli. So we, it just said, we put you know, ishus on the end. So it just, it just said delicious and there was no signage. Um, but the last time that we repainted, uh, we added world famous and it, I'd always wanted, I just love those words. Yeah, they just ring so well together. I was like, I think we can do it now. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's right. But with the bar, um, there, it's exciting because it feels like you are going through that process of opening a new business. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's, you know, less scary and, in some ways, as because if you've done it with the truck and then you've done it with the shop, and then now you're opening, you're adding on, you know, a bar, your cantina, um, and that was to a complaint with people. They were like, "I would come here, but I want a beer, or I want a, you know, margarita with my tacos." Mm-hmm. Um, so it felt like it, it, you know, it was a great option for us to be more inviting to, you know, lots more people. Um, but for me, it was fun because here's a whole other place you get to decorate. Here's a whole other mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you uh, vibed it out in there I'm, pretty quickly. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, get to, you know, paint and and, and do something different. Because, you know, mm-hmm. at that point, I had been, I think the bar is maybe six six or seven years old. Mm-hmm. But at that point, you know, I had been making tacos for a very long time. And my days were looking very similar every day. And so getting to do something new was just as much uh, the excitement of it as of, you know, giving, letting, you know, you guys to offer you something new. Mm-hmm. But the same thing, we thought, how are we going to do it? We just fresh fruit and a good juice or a good tequila i mean mm-hmm. you know good mm-hmm. agave and some fresh fruit and we're gonna call it a day mm-hmm. um and uh you know fast forward now we have you know beautiful uh agave selections um you know tons of mezcal uh rice and you the more you learn too like you talk about oaxaca has been one of my favorite places to travel and i used to feel very confident speaking about you know mezcal mm-hmm. the more i learn the more i'm like keep your mouth shut <laughs> 
because, you know, you have no idea what you're talking about. But um, it's fun to, you know, understand uh, regions and, you know, Rasillas and Netas mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and all this stuff. So I think actually we have more mezcals than we do tequilas currently. But wow. um, it's, it's, they're really fun to enjoy and to taste. And Yeah. And have you seen people open up more? Like when you started, it was probably you had a little bit more tequila. You had, pl- you had plenty of mezcal when you started. I remember that. But, um. There's so much more available now. Mm-hmm. And there's racias, like you're saying, Bacanoras, and so much more Mezcals available now. It's just like... Uh, but have you noticed people like moving into Mezcal like more over the over the years? Um, yeah, that people are less scared of it for sure. Yeah. Um, and because you do see more of it, like, you know, everywhere, uh, it, it's not as... Another thing too, I think it's kind of there's a cool factor, you know. We talk about sure. like and where people are like, so they're like they want to try it because you know that's what their bartenders are drinking or that's what you know they see like you know nicer places having or you talk about techniques and um, you know old world styles and and that's become something and it's something to talk about. You know, people will t- you know lengthy you know talk about it. Um, so yeah, I think I think that there people are starting to enjoy it much more. Um, and it's fun. We get a lot of, um, we ser- still serve a lot of like locals and, and bartenders and, and, and chefs and stuff, because I think we, they can come and try a lot of things there that, you know, aren't available at a, you know, Agreed. almost decent price point. For sure. All right. Now we've got a special, uh, something special for episode 100. So we've got the book in November, November 18th, cheer the liquid gold holiday drinking guide. We got it right here. And we have a chapter in here. Chapter six is Agavember, the wide world of agave drinks. And this is where we give, this is something we've been doing basically since episode one. We have a, we have a kind of a, an ethos, a manifesto. Tequila is unfair. Why is it unfair? Well, it goes with, it goes with pretty much everything, makes everything better, can work in almost any cocktail so let me read let me read a little bit from the book this is a preview of the liquid gold holiday drinking guide episode 100 and i'll just break it this is this is kind of why we're talking about tequila in the book is because we love it and mezcal racia everything so let me just read from the book here no other spirit unless you want to argue about another agave spirit like mezcal or racia gives you the same feeling of life coursing through your veins the way tequila does. No other spirit can claim to be a stimulant and the reason why Sammy Hagar still matters. But before I start writing another country song about the pleasures and pain of tequila, let's look at the components and break down why these agave spirits are so well-suited to drinks. Tequila has three basic categories or aging systems. Blanco, unaged arrested for one month, Reposado, aged from two months to one year, and Añejo, uh, aged from one to five years, while some brands are experimenting with extra Añejos that are aged as long as nine years. What's unfair is how all are delicious in their own ways, which is rare in the spirit world, and all go with a wide variety of ingredients from summer and exotic fruits to vermouths and amaros. Ever heard a spirits professional wax poetic about how the real subtleties of whiskey reside in the unaged, pure expression of moonshine? Yeah, me either. I'd say it's kind of unfair. Tequila brings out the truth in people and has been used in interrogation by ex-husbands and ex-wives. Truth serum tequila both have three syllables. One can only guess why. The most ubiquitous cordial in the world of mixed drinks other than simple syrup is grenadine. 
Though nearly destroyed during the darkest days of the cocktail in the late 70s and 80s when it became an imitation of itself as it languished on grocery store shelves, real pomegranate grenadine is back to being the bar staple it always was. While the artificial versions were made with ingredients like corn syrup and red food coloring, whose only real purpose in life was to make Shirley Temples, bartenders are creative with grenadine now. Combining pomegranate molasses with pomegranate juice and flower waters to create exotic, aromatic cocktails. The spirit most suited to grenadine from a pomegranate flavor affinity standpoint, that's right, tequila by a mile. I mentioned hot peppers and their relation to tequila, but what about other vegetables like celery, cucumber, squash, and corn? Can you think of any other spirit that even remotely works with these oft-forgotten ingredients of the beverage lexicon? I'll wait. Tequila, in fact, is ideal with all these fresh, singular flavors. Fucking unfair. So that's part of the Tequila is Unfair manifesto in the book coming up. But what have you learned dealing with tequila all these years and having a tequila and agave-focused bar? What, uh, what have you learned about it that, that maybe you didn't expect when you, uh, when you started that, that part of the venture? I think maybe going back to the Oaxaca trip, um, the last one that I took. Yeah, let's hear some. We got to experience, uh, Del McGay had us out, Mm. and we got to uh, experience a, I believe it's Palenque. Palenque is mm. what it's called. Um, but basically, it's it's the roast. And so mm. we were there when they were harvesting, piling, uh, burying, praying over it. And then we got to enjoy some of the um, juice was the the word that was used there mm-hmm. um, from, you know, the batch from a, a prior batch. But understanding, you know, because people are like, why is it expensive? Or, you know, why is mezcal this or what? But when you... St- see that and understand like just the how laborious it is mm-hmm. and how you know long it takes and then when you start tasting it because sometimes when i and i still get lost when i'm when i'm tasting mezcal over more than having a couple at one time is is over my palate but yeah it's intense to be tasting different mezcals yeah. it's a robust flavor yeah, yeah. I, I get I, so i but understanding like um what makes a mezcal special um you know like we'll have um something like for instance, like the pachugas, like if they're you know they're considered they're a treat and they should be you know like the tamales, like a holiday thing. Like mm-hmm. people shouldn't have them all, all the time and every day. I mean they're delicious, but mm-hmm. you know it's it's hard work. And so when you realize that well, the reason it only gets produced once a year is because that's the only time those varietals, those fresh vegetables, those fresh fruits are available in the in the fall. Mm-hmm. And so it's made, and you can only make so much of it. And and there you go. And then so having like starting to learn about it you know tequilas and mezcals um if you're experiencing a wine when mm-hmm. you start thinking about the you know terroir you're mm-hmm. like and then me seeing it you know visually like oh well of course it's going to matter where you're at what kind of trees are growing around you um what uh what you're using to you know make the fire like mm-hmm. what uh did it rain you mm-hmm. know has it been a rainy season or mm-hmm. not um because there is a um I'm not going to be able to remember the brand, but there's a there's one of the Racias at work. It's a it's an orange label. I wish I could remember the 
name of it. Anyway, the first time that I tasted it, um, you know, I was given clues. Like, you know, think about, like, the fruits and stuff that you'll taste. And so it was easy to pick up mango. You know, mm. I was like, oh, it's in there. Like, no, it's because it was mango trees were, you know, used. And oh, sort yeah. of this thing. But it also happened to be um, in a wet season. And so they're like, now think about, like, like a funky cheese. Mm. And I was like, well, well, I just tasted those mangoes. And then having another little sip. But being like, and again, I was being, you know, coached through it. Yeah. But I was like, oh, wow, that is disgusting and, <laughs> you know, rotty. And, yeah. Or, but in a wonderful, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I- interesting way that you want to taste it again. And what else can I taste, it, you know, in there? Mm-hmm. And so when I think that's why, for me, I have such a passion to learn as much as I can because, it, you know, it, it is so cool. Um, yeah. And and if you, you know, uh, get a, a spirit that has been made by someone that loves it and, you know, they're making – you could we'll do flights. A lot of times I like to do flights either from the same location or from the same, like, you know, wild agaves so that you can – and then being from different locations so you can taste, you know. It, it, when you – and kind of, I guess, we talk about being romantics. Maybe that kind of pulls some of that out of it because you're, sure. you're turning it into, mm-hmm. you know, a graph or a science. But but lo- tasting it that way and, and learning about it and, and then really on your own being able to taste things that are, are happening because of, you know, how they uh, broke it down or what it was used with. I just think it's so cool. And I love it. And I mm-hmm. have a... a the huge passion for, you know, just that knowledge and to, you know, be able to, and then it's, you know, same thing you talk about how, you know, it's a stimulant, it's fun to drink and it's yeah. wonderful. So at the same time you're having a great time and yeah, it's the um, only spirit that's a stimulant. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of uh unfair. I'd yeah. Say. Um, but it's amazing. I love learning and, and now like, you know, learning about, um, how different uh, states are making mezcal, you know, and so they're not sanctioned, so they're getting these new names. And we just recently, and I'm not even, but we just got something in called Netta that was made, uh, but it's a mezcal, but I guess it's yeah. made, you know, somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And um, and just, you know, how it's exciting to see, like, other states want to do it and want to go back to those old world traditions, uh, you know, and um, it's just really cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, kind of jumping over to Wilburn, so the, in the same excitement from you know, Masako's opening the bar, it was like two or three years later where, you know, then you're sort of doing that every day. So mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I'm going to do something else. And I got the wonderful opportunity to, um, you know, keep that place open. Yeah. And because I want to talk about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it was next door to folk. So now I have the opportunity to start learning about Amaro's. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in my mind, I was thinking I wanted to have a nice Amaro selection because it would, you know, kind of go hand in hand. But, and then it turned into, you know, I... I always was one of, you know, uh, one of the people that were like, oh, I just drink tequila or I just drink, you know, I gave up whiskey a long time ago because of those girls earlier mm-hmm. that we were talking about. <laughs> um, but I was like, no, I don't like gin. I don't understand gin. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you start tasting it, you know, because you, I never had a reason really to in, invest myself in tasting a lot of gins mm-hmm. for my tacos. But, you know, now I'm like, I love a gin and tonic. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my yeah. goodness, I love Amaro's. I love, you know, which could be a, a dangerous passion to <laughs> love it all. Sure, sure, that's us. <laughs> but, <laughs> You're looking at it. <laughs> but um but that's why it's fun to you know open um you know you never I would never want to open the same place again. Yeah. 
because again you can't you can't repeat the the magic that happens when you when you do something I feel like for the first time but it is fun to have a reason to have new knowledge and have a new you know walls and colors around you and surroundings and different music and so that's kind of what keeps me like my drive and and the that that passion for that that's awesome yeah i want to hear more about this um we need to take a break and have another but i want to say that something you said about the mezcal but like what's growing around the mezcal will affect how it tastes and everything that was something that we learned recently about coffee we had at Audrey, we had uh, the folks from Crema come over and talk about their different coffees, mm-hmm. different coffees they buy all over the world, and how a lot of times it's not, you know, people pull different tasting notes out of coffee, like cherries and fruit and mangoes and bananas and these all these things, and you're like, oh, it tastes like coffee to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. But there's something to it where so much of what can make a coffee unique is everything that grows around it. And so there's a lot of coffee plantations that have banana trees all over and so the coffee has kind of a banana character Mm -hmm. and so it's really interesting how that works and i think that like people on a a level of science and everything they they sort of there's a way to get there to understand it but it's also sort of mystical Mm -hmm. and that's one of the things i think that's so great about the world of drinks and everything is you're always kind of learning that everything is also sort of tied together you know everything is like everything is different but everything is affected by what's around it immediately. Right. You know? Right. And it's like that with almost every kind of drink. Yeah. So it's that's pretty amazing. Um, let's get another drink. Yeah, of course. Let's do this. I'm gonna keep track. Who are you of- talking to? All right. So in Oaxaca, you've done some traveling through there, you've tasted all these great mezcals. I remember one thing you said to me that stuck with me a long time ago, talking about you had just gotten back from a trip there and you were like, Look, a lot of the best mezcal there is someone pulls out a glass jar from underneath the counter and they're like you have to try this it's from five miles away uh i go ride my motorcycle over there and grab a couple jars i bring it here that's how i get it um but you've also had some amazing cocktails out there we were just talking about a little bit during the break um so yeah tell me about that experience of having these like really intense like interesting cocktails out there too Uh, yeah it was um our my last trip, um, I went with people in, in the industry with uh, a friend of mine named Chris Kuhn that mm-hmm. works in town. He's at Lachlan, has been there for years, and another girlfriend of our, Karen. We went for their birthday celebration. We drove from the city to uh, the beach. And even though it was a uh, maybe, I'm going to exaggerate this, but if, you know, as the bird flies, it would mm-hmm. be a two-hour trip, but because it was, like, okay. up and down, it was 11 or 15 hours. Sure. Or something. Well, yeah. But on the side of the road, there were all these little stands where, you know, uh, people were – almost like a vegetable market, but they were selling their mezcal. Mm. And that was the first time, um, you know – and you. I think that's why travel is so important too. You know, you'll go places. I my phone is full of pictures of tiles and colors and plants. You know, I'm like, oh, how do I get that green or how do I get that blue? Like Mm. that feeling that that brings me. Mm -hmm. And you know, and you need to kind of step away from it and then also get excited because you're getting to experience like when people want you to taste things. Then when I come home, then. I get to remember how fun that is and mm-hmm. to share things with people. And so I think that's why the travel goes hand in hand and sort of, you know, breaks up, you know, my work week or work year and, and gets me excited about sharing things with people again. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, learning about those mezcals, and we had spoke a few minutes ago about um, Pachuga, but that was the first trip where I understood that you know it was a um, a style of mm-hmm. distillation, and it didn't necessarily just mean uh, you know chicken or or turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, I had my first you know rattlesnake you know pachuga or um the you know the we had um at that um at del maguey we had the ibierico and they told a really cool story about like kind of smuggling a italian ham back in you know it's for the first time that somebody was playing around with it and you know created it um but so mezcal there i mean obviously is a spirit of choice because it's you're just surrounded with it so in the city there were um all these tiny little bars and so already everything is just you know you you feel so wonderful because of the old streets and the the colors of the buildings and the food that you're eating in the market and um but there are all these like little tiny um you know bars that are only serving mezcal Mm -hmm. like just have like that's it and it was the first time that i experienced because i had been this is i forgot how many years ago but you know traditionally other than having like a mezcal margarita or just having it neat to try to figure out what it tastes like. Yeah. Um, hadn't had a lot of experience with different, you know, cocktails. And here you have a place where I imagine, you know, it's kind of uh, the experiences that you guys are trying to give. Um, but, you know, it's it's these, you know, young people that are, have grew up and loving their spirit and they're like, oh, well, try this cocktail with uh, we're talking about roasted pineapple or fennel or, you mm-hmm. know, here's some, you know, pine sap, you know, and Whoa. these are just you know, all over the That's place. Cool. And, um, again, their knowledge must be, you know, just because you're there, you're surrounded with it and, you know, making sense of what was grown near mm-hmm. a particular mezcal most likely probably has to come in play, mm-hmm. but it was really fun to have these really beautiful, interesting, cause in my heart, I thought, why would you put anything in mezcal? Cause you just want to taste it. Yeah. Um, but then to experience it in a new level where you're like, Oh Wow. Mm. I mean, it's um, it's the first time I had it where I was like, this is refreshing. You know, mm. this is really fun. This mm-hmm. is not only are you like even better, like taste the, like, taste the mezcal on his own and then taste the cocktail, mm-hmm. you know, and, and having these fun experiences. So then you're, you know, you're drinking not necessarily to get drunk, but, you know, you're drinking for... <laughs> I was like, you're drinking for the edu- education of it all, you know. You're um, all right. but, experience. But you, yeah, good one. Experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's good. It took us a hundred ep- took us a hundred episodes to get there. <laughs> that's what um, we've been saying. That's what we've been doing. Yeah. 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 Education. Yeah. Education. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Yeah. yeah. Cheers. Um, but it is. It's true. And then you know, mm-hmm. it gives you something to talk about then with um, you know, either your bartender or the person next to you, and then you you create other you know you create real emotional experiences out of it um whereas i mean maybe i just haven't learned enough about vodka but you know i've couldn't imagine the same thing happening you know but mm-hmm. but that's not true probably there's probably places in the world that that it's it's just as interesting i just haven't you don't have caviar in you some yeah. frozen vodka <laughs> tastes real good <laughs> um but it's it's great so it i mean it's I mean, I don't know if this is, I think this is a, a nice thing to say, it, uh, depending on how you're listening to it, it could be sad, but you talk about, you know, tequila being unfair in your manifesto, but, you know, it in my life has really changed my life. I mean, mm-hmm. I've met great people. I've learned so many things. It's made me want to travel, to, to learn more. You know, it makes my job interesting in a variety of ways mm-hmm. um yeah. <laughs> talking about it and maybe consuming it every once in a while mm-hmm. um but yeah it's it's 
it's really cool. It's and it's really fun. And and the and the travel aspect of it, I think no matter what your specialty is or you know profession, um, going somewhere and seeing someone do it well. Yeah. Whether it's even you know even at home, like you know, but but just making sure that you're going out and experiencing, um, you know, what that you love, and 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 I get so proud when I see somebody else doing something, you know, really well, and mm-hmm. and then of course I want to like you know steal a little bit of it and take it home with me, you know, mm-hmm. whether if it's glassware or tiles or you know how they hung a light, you know, it's just mm-hmm. like. Just make sure to collect, you know, ev- all those things that you can. Um, you know, roast the pineapple. I think actually yeah. it's funny that you said that. Or funny that we're thinking about because August Fresca. I think when I came back that summer, we did a roasted pineapple August Fresca. Yeah, yeah. You're like, <laughs> I was like, I want to roast pineapple. Yeah, but caramelize the sugars <laughs> yeah, a little bit and get some yeah, of that flavor. That's yeah. cool. I was like, I'm going to do that for sure. Yeah. Well, that that uh, quickly uh, got nixed because, uh, you know, they talk about ease ease of use or like we're not roasting this pineapple anymore yeah they're like we got chicken in there we got chicken in there we can't roast pineapple <laughs> you're like well i guess i need another oven which i'm not going to do right now yeah yeah but you've also you've been on the uh sort of the front lines but i know that when you started the bar at mas tacos uh which is an agave focused bar if you look at how much agave has grown since then it has exploded mm-hmm. across the world especially here in america have you seen that? Like, but going back, like we were, um, you know, I was bartending across the street from you for a while. So I know that people loved tequila in Nashville a little bit more than I, I was expecting. And I think it was, uh, people love I've been surprised. People love tequila here <laughs> or booze in general. Yeah. But have you noticed, have you seen that kind of explosion happen? Or maybe, because I, I mean, tequila is like the new vodka. That, really? Because, you know, we opened and still are this way where we don't give you the option really mm-hmm. there's not i mean that's not true we have a we carry like a you know fords and for me i don't mm-hmm. think i have that experience because well uh, you don't go to mas tacos get get a couple of tacos and a soup and then order yeah. a whiskey or yeah. an old-fashioned yeah, yeah. And yeah. Like, you're getting yeah. a beer or yeah familiar the, get a yeah. corona familiar yeah. and a so tall right. yeah. and uh yeah. Yeah. That's, right. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right that's how you order kenneth knows how to do it <laughs> yeah he knows how right. to do it All so right. I, I i don't have that experience just yeah. because you know part of the, like i said when people come in they'll like most of what we sell is you know margaritas like people just want a margarita when they come so they're not looking for a vodka soda necessarily yeah. i mean i think that we sell a bottle of vodka in you know it's six months yeah so, wow uh, <laughs> that's crazy that's that's different that's, for a bar makes sense uh yeah. like uh honestly like in my experience i, I spend probably 500 percent on alcohol when i'm at mas tacos compared to the food <laughs> um but i, I usually like I, wow I mean, yeah well, i mean that's like easy i mean the, i mean the tacos it's are three three dollar so. tacos like uh three dollar tacos i'm yeah. gonna spend three Thirty dollars on drinks, probably. Yep. I'll line yeah. up a coffee and mm. uh, market yeah. research for everybody. Here. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was yeah. something that was interesting. I thought uh, so. I really drug my feet on taking credit cards because in the beginning, it just you know coming from a place that where there were lots of restaurants that didn't take credit cards, um, it didn't feel like a big deal. And then mm. when people told me I had to do it. I was like, oh, watch what I have to do. You know, I don't mm. have to do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so, Put an ATM over there and you're going to get some fucking cash out. So I think that was me being like really stubborn for a little while. But oh, that was great. There was always like a local, like a local's pleasure to, to go 
you sit down, you're eating your tacos, and this this tourist comes in and starts waving their card around. It's like, what? Yeah, just go to the ATM this over there. This is a black card. <laughs> yeah. I'll take the whole card. No, but honestly, like in in trying to in have a a small business that um, always I've tried to be um, just very thrifty about everything. Like yeah. in the cooking style too. Like someone said once, because uh, people are, are like, it's you know. People get mad if they're like, it's traditional. They're like, it's not traditional. And they're like, it's authentic. And, you know, the word authentic, I don't know what that means. But, you know, because it means nothing, I feel like. But people are like, it's not authentic. And I'm like, oh, you know, I don't know. But someone, t- <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, it's, it's really, it's, it's there. You can it's, eat it. Yeah, it's real. <laughs> it's not- tangible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, it's always something that uh, my skin has gotten so much thicker over the years. So that is something that, like, where now I, I don't take everything so personally. I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. But, mm-hmm. uh uh, 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 here's this is a good story. Uh, a man came in once and he ordered a bowl of fazole and he was with his whole family and there were it was like 12 people. Um, and he came in and he said, he said one, one bowl of fazole. And I was like, okay, feels strange, but sure. Mm-hmm. Here, here you go, sir. Mm-hmm. And he went and he sat down and he opened it and they sort of all hold around and he came back over and no joke, he's like, 12 fazole. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, oh. but, and he told me, he said, you know, we didn't know what to expect, um, but it's home cooking. Mm. And so going back to sort of what, we're, what we were saying, and in that way also, so I grew up with my grandmother, and she was a very Southern cook and was, you know, born here and raised on a farm and, and um, you know, always didn't waste anything. Mm. And so that's kind of what makes it good by using like fresh ingredients and, and using everything. But that also makes it more affordable. So it's almost like you're cooking for, like you're very, you know, uh, uh, on a very slim budget cooking for a giant family. Mm-hmm. Like that's what we do every day. Like of course it takes a little extra step to do dried beans or to make your broth. But when you realize the broth that we make is kind of free mm-hmm. because, you know, you're paying for the chicken and the and the whatever. Right. and. And that's like a nice way to be able to feed a lot of people on a budget. Mm-hmm. And so and so that kind of goes back to spending more money on booze, but also goes back to why adding the bar does make it easier on us to to make a profit or to do something because there's less prep because you're not like having to spend like it takes 12 hours to cook our beans or it takes, you know, 14 to do the pork and and whatnot. Mm. So, I mean, we're always doing it. So it feels easy. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you were doing it at home, it would, it would be a little bit of extra work, Yeah, but you would, you know, save a ton. You know, to to do so, and especially as food prices are going like up and down all over the place. There's not much of a way to like fake like uh, hard work. Uh, I've tried. Yeah. (laughs) In life, like uh, if if something requires a lot of like labor and love, like uh, it has a soul to it, and you you taste it, and like that's why tequila is so amazing because it takes a lot of a lot a lot more hard work yeah. than um yeah than a lot of other spirits and were. we've talked about how so much of the work is like letting the thing grow for years yeah. and that's what's the yeah the, uh, inverse reaction or inverse relationship with whiskey in the barrel yeah is you make the whiskey you make the mash six, six seven days and then you make whiskey and then you let it sit for a long time the agave plant itself has to grow yeah. all this time and you have think to keep about it alive. all that happens. Yeah. You have um, to take care of the ground around yeah. it and the yeah. environment. And, and like, yourself, the patience, like the way, mm-hmm, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's a whole other like energy mm-hmm. that you're putting into something. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I until you just read your manifesto, I never uh, thought of it that way. But yeah. I, listen, I'm on board. <laughs> nice, yeah. nice. Give yeah. me some, so, some Kool Aid. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, right we, got, we got some right there. <laughs> it's got watermelon and lime and uh, the special uh, Mexican uh, squirt yeah. from cane sugar, which is special. So, but Wilburn Street Tavern is a place I frequent. I love Wilburn. Uh, right down the street from where I work, walk down the alley, and I'm right there. It's unassuming. It's a bar. It's a bar bar. And it's it's got a real welcoming atmosphere. You know, I've been in there randomly on like a Tuesday night, and there's a couple guys playing jazz over in the corner. But in general, there's a, there's a pool table off to the side. There's a bar. You can maybe get a hot dog there. But tell me about the uh, impetus to take over the Wilburn Street Tavern and, and how that how that whole thing came about. So that, again, was, I think, needing a, a push or something uh, different. Um, mm-hmm. And and that was a time... So Wilburn, I think we're four years now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we were clo- we were closed, closed for, for a while. But, yeah. but I think I've had it for four years. Um, and so it, it was a time where, like, you know, it was good for me because I wanted something different. Um, I was trying to, at that point... Uh, spend a little less time at Masako's. Um, I was uh, actually I was I know it was because f- I was having a little pity party for myself because mm-hmm. I was turning forty mm-hmm. and I thought am I gonna sp- am I I've been here I couldn't believe like you know good for me like you know poor me that it was a success but I was like I didn't mean to be in Nashville this long and yeah. oh and I'm just gonna be standing in this kitchen for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't feel like I could just like be like okay I don't want to work anymore guys take it um, mm-hmm. so I was like I gotta get a new job. And uh, Wilburn became available. Like, I think it, you know, was up for rent within, like, I feel like moments of me thinking that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, okay, there you go. And it was already so cool and um, just uh, had such a good energy and everybody that knew about it loved it. And it mm-hmm. was, you know, uh, just um, it's a terrible in all the right bar. way. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. it was just like what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget that lady's name. Uh, uh-huh. Paulette. Paulette. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She lives down the street, so I still see her daily. Oh, sweet, mm-hmm. sweet. Uh, but um, so yeah, so but of course I wanted to add uh, spirits. It was a beer bar, mm. um, so you know we tried to keep it as similar as we could, but also you know, you know I don't want to say better, but make it you know make it make it our own. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say that make it our own, but you know try to keep it uh, you know thoughtful of, of what the space felt like and um that was a great success because i feel like so many people when we first opened that was another thing too people were uh for when they first opened they come in they're like oh you've changed everything it's terrible i'm never coming back like, all right thanks <laughs> and then the next person coming they were like oh my gosh you didn't change a thing you know i was <laughs> yeah. like so everything i think it was you know fast forward now people just assume that that's what it's looked like forever mm-hmm. um and um but it was fun to again like to have a new space to create energy to think about oh we're gonna learn about new spirits mm-hmm. um to have like a you know felt like a clubhouse for you know my friends and the neighborhood and yeah and i was really excited um so it's been fun um it's uh you know it doesn't have the, the draw, of course, um, it's a, a very slow burn or build. Um, another thing that people always love to tell you is they're so happy that it, it's not successful. <laughs> like, oh, I'm so glad nobody's in here. I'm like, yeah, so is my bartenders. They're really happy. <laughs> I rarely. Oh, yeah. I re- maybe I, I'll just go on the wrong nights or something, but I rarely see it. I've rarely seen it 
um, slow. Oh, it's hit or, or miss. if I see it slow, I'm like very happy. Yeah, and, that's what I'm saying. Everybody's very yeah. happy. Well, I was there Friday night, uh-huh. nine o'clock, and uh, or about nine thirty, and yeah, it was pretty chill. Could could walk to the bar, got a beer. There was plenty of people in there, but then um, as I'm drinking my beer, a line formed uh-huh. of of people trying to get a drink, so it, it escalated quickly. Yeah. So. That's all you guys get off work. We've yeah. become yeah. Uh, yeah. we have a lot of uh, Audrey, uh, Folk, Henrietta Red, mm-hmm. uh, Jack Browns. Uh, yeah. they're all they. So we get we get busy at like ten, ten thirty. Like that's cool. Where's there Jack? Bra- where's there Jack Brown? It's in German. Okay, the German town. Yeah, yeah, cl- yeah, not not too far though. Yeah, it's only yeah. I think it's like ten minutes away. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah, walk? it's a cool ten minute walk. Yeah, <laughs> no, mm. I'm eleven minutes from Moss Tacos on fit on foot. Um, oh wow! But uh. But yeah, but it's cool. I love it. It's it's a lot of fun. And it's just different. You know, it's a totally different vibe. I mean, I guess kind of. Sometimes people are like, oh, no, actually, I can tell that you own it. Um, it's something, too, that people say a lot about Wilburn, which I like, is you think about like travel. They're like, oh, this reminds me of my favorite bar in New York. Or this reminds me of my favorite bar in Chicago. It kind of does look like a big Puerto city Rico. bar. Like, yeah. uh, it's my favorite bar in New York. I could know, see some Chicago in there. If there was like a big neon old we style have sign a giant up front. Bottle of Malort, so, okay. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> like the like Jepsons? Yeah. You got to have really? that with all yeah. the bartenders Holy coming shit. in there. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> We're I usually do Fernet. <laughs> And Did you get that Pilsner or Cal? I'd love someone yeah. distribute that. Too? Yeah, they started doing Lipman. Christina Lipman? does it. Yeah. How did you get liquor from Lipman? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's I'm, very I'm strict. Just yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Hey, cut no, I'm this. Not. That's good. You uh, stand on one foot, turn around backwards three times. That's pray good. Pray the Lord. Yeah. I'm glad you've got the Pilsner or Cal. There. Yeah. Oh, That's a yeah. nice touch. I like that. Oh, the God, beer's funny. So I Sai's been doing a lot of the beer uh, ordering now. Shout but, out um, Sai. Love him. Yep. yep he's great, great. Great dude. Uh, but in the beginning, I just kind of picked off labels because I don't drink beer. Mm. I was like, well, we have to get Peroni because mm. we need an Italian spirit. There you go. Pilsner Kale is like the original, like, you know, Pilsner. So mm-hmm. we got to get that. Mm-hmm. And now Budweiser. You know, I just mm-hmm. went like that in my mind. Yeah. Like, and I was like, well, we need a, a local. And I've heard people say IPA. So I guess we need one of those, you know. <laughs> I was like, well, there you go, guys. There's there you the go. beer. There's the beer list. <laughs> Boom, done. Good meeting. Yeah. Good meeting. Um, what's it been like for you? Because I've seen you behind the bar there a couple times. Um, bartending. So what's that been like? You know, you kind of venture into that. You're like, yeah. well, can I get a it's, bartender tonight? It's fun. Um, except I, I'm like, it's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, I'm a really good daytime bartender. Yeah. Um, because of, so what happened when I, I planned on like just not quitting, but like not being uh, a, a part of Masako's as much and just being really focused on Wilburn. And, um, but you know, as, as things happen, you end up doing both. And so it's really hard to get up at seven and to stay up until three. Yeah. And so what happens, actually, I bartended last Wednesday. Um, and uh, it's one of our slower nights for everybody listening you come sure. on wednesday 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 are you there on plenty wednesdays of, in general of, plenty of parking i'll, I'll be there okay. yeah um because oh, wow. the restaurants okay. are closed so that's mm. kind of uh, i think why but okay. um so yeah uh, but anyway so i was there and i was just feeling great i was loving it i felt like i was like you know cleaning things that i wanted to clean and talking to people and just having like the best time mm. and then it got to be so late like 10 <laughs> <laughs> and, You're like, and, well, that's, and got, that's a 15 16 hour day and it at got that point busy uh-huh. so it got busy at like oh, 10 yeah, o'clock the bartenders start and coming i was in. like 
Oh, like just, I feel like I just hit a wall. Like, aren't you people tired? I'm like, aren't you guys gonna go home? Yeah, I was like, oh my god. So I'm really good at bartending prior to ten or eleven o'clock at night. Okay, okay. Well, you know what <laughs> bartenders like, do at that warm point up the when, crowd. You know what bartenders do at that point when they need to stay on their feet. Like this was covered in the uh, books and booze Is it last episode. <laughs> you do it for net. You do it for net to stay on your feet. That's uh, the old trick. Uh, that's but a trick. That's I bet you don't right. like Fernet. Yeah. I do like Fernet. You do like Fernet. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're a real Although, bartender then. You know, <laughs> I, I, well, I will say this. I don't love Fernet, but I don't hate it. I've been drinking the, what's um, um, with the blue label? The Etna. The Del Etna. Oh, yeah. You've I've got that there. That. I noticed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That is a good one. And you know, that's I really had it. One. We did a special because I accidentally ordered a uh, case instead of a bottle recently. And I was trying to figure out something to do in... I must have saw it online or something, but we did it with ginger beer. Sure, and yeah. it was delicious. Oh, Maro Buck, boom! Oh yeah, I didn't know. That's yeah, like, like uh, what was that? You used to call that a like a Episcopalian Italian Buck, something. There's yeah. something, yeah. some religious name yeah. for it. Mm. Like, but it was uh, cool. I really liked it. A little oh, yeah. splash of lemon juice. Yeah, yummy or lime yeah. if you if you can afford it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> when there's not an issue with the lime prices out there. <laughs> You can afford it. You're going to use that line? <laughs> I love that. Uh, All right. And the time has come. Put the chow, chow, chow. This is Boozers. That's what we were talking about earlier. Booze News with Kenneth Dedman. It's episode 100. Does Kenneth know? Oh, a lot less than I thought. Don't you love when my cat gets totally alarmed by my business intro? <laughs> She's like, "Oh, you're What's actually happening? done." Is he having a se- <laughs> yeah, I'm done. That was a short one. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. Uh, if I cut out all of the brand new celebrity tequilas, which I'm going to. Okay. Yeah. Well, they probably we have sold a little by less now. booze news. That was kind of a joke, but not really. Yeah, like uh, I just noticed the Rock was uh, had a tequila. Oh, yeah, nice flex. Terramana. <laughs> like, you can see me. I'm flexing. He's a big deal in our house. My kids love the Rock. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They love anything he does. Big fans of uh, what Jungle Cruise, and then okay. the, the what what started it was the Jumanji, the Jumanji movies. I thought. When Jungle Cruise came out, I thought he was playing the same guy in Jumanji, well, which he is. That's the joke, but yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> but I literally thought like, he's always playing the Rock. <laughs> I don't know, like like the the posters for the movies look kind of the same, so mm-hmm. I just thought it yeah. was just like a uh, a sequel to it. Yeah, the Rock in a tank top and some ripped up khakis. I love but the Rock. Let's it's do like it. he's more, great. more wrestling. More wrestling. It's like yeah, a little episode one hundred double uh, wrestling subcategory. Okay, in Los Angeles, mm. newest, hottest restaurant, the Golden Girls Kitchen, recreates the set of the Golden Girls. Oh, wow. That'd be Beverly Hills. Mm. Uh, most of the dishes are soups. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it we right to the important. show. Yeah, that yeah. is. Followed yeah. by like an extensive cheesecake collection. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That's about it. Wow, the Golden Girls. I didn't know about that. That's amazing. I didn't know about it either. Hmm. And I just started re-watching it the other day. Freaking groundbreaking. Groundbreaking um, 
I think like maybe for the eighties, for the late eighties, they kind of took over what Cheers was trying to do early, early on. Mm-hmm. Did y'all watch Cheers? Yeah. I started rewatching Cheers recently. Yeah. Mm. Yes. I'm in love with it. Wilburn, from Wilburn has kind of a season Cheers. Season one, episode Cheers one, vibe. and yeah. restarted it. And yeah. I'm crazy about it. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Even like season two of Cheers, um, well, which would be like right around season two of Golden Girls as well. Homosexuality, um, HIV, everything in your face. These Both of the shows, like... I, like growing up at that time, I uh, these were on in the background. I didn't, yeah. I didn't give a fuck about. Yeah, uh, I if it wasn't animated, I didn't give. I didn't care at that time. But like, killer, killer, killer shows, um, groundbreaking shows. I've never been to the Cheers Bar. I've barely been to Boston. Have you been to Boston? I've been to Boston only once. Did not go to the Cheers Bar. Have you been to Beverly Hills? Yeah, you have. Yeah, yeah. What? I saw. Yeah, yeah. My brother lived in L.A. Been, for like ten years. I've like seen Beverly Hills. Yeah, never like I've seen it. So what was crazy? I had a I had a Beverly Hills moment. Um, we're walking around like this is fucking crazy. This is weird. And then Pierce Brosnan walks by us in like a leather leather like kind of trench coat with like the collar up. Mm-hmm. Pierce Brosnan's like walking down the street <laughs> in Beverly Hills. It was like. Okay, that's such a Beverly Hills moment. Did you yap oh, yeah. at him? Nah. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> See if uh, he was never my favorite Bond, so I was kind of like, nah. He's the worst Bond. I think he was okay. He was saddled with terrible movies. My I'll favorite, give him that. He my was favorite ter- Bond, terrible was, scripts. My favorite Bond, I think, was only did two movies. Uh, Timothy Dalton. Oh yeah, yeah, he was good. He was hip. Still is hip. Yeah. He just broke his hip. <laughs> hip replacement like for Timothy 75. Dalton. <laughs> Put some tequila on it. Oh shit! What about um, Key West? Y'all been there? Oh, let's yeah. I did go to Key West. Really? The yeah. Complete opposite end of the country. Yeah. I've, I've never been. I've been to like all over South Florida. I'll probably get in trouble uh, for saying this, but I feel like I was there a few decades too early. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Sarah and I from Bank Candy, we rode our motorcycles to Key West. Anyway. In, what happened uh, to Key West? Key West, yes. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Congratulations to attorney John Avrule, who won the Ernest, Ernest Hemingway looking, look-alike contest. Oh, during that is the, it. During the uh, Key West uh, uh, Hemingway Days celebration, which is... Uh, Days long, uh, once a year festival in the, Dade County. Yeah, uh, devoted to all things Hemingway. I've seen the photos of these lookalike contests, and they're pretty scary. They all look typically the, same. the dudes. Yeah, they are. There's like a picture of ten of them, and they all look exactly like Ernest Hemingway. They all got like a pretty wool impressive. sweater on, and it's yeah. The <laughs> basically in always that in July Cuba. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. Uh, I'll show you all the photo in a sec. There he is. Yeah, there it is. Those are Surrounded those photos. By other oh, there he is. Bunch Hemingway. Hemingway. Hmm. You like Hemingway, Mike? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like some of it. He's okay. Sun also rises. Uh, Old Man of the Sea. Old Man of the Sea. And then uh, Movable Feast. I love that. It's all all those I, I really like. You know what I you know what I saw recently that someone told me it was sexy and I should watch what? and it wasn't sexy <laughs> to me to me. Okay. Last Tango in Paris. Never seen it. Ugh. If you don't think it's sexy, I'm not going to watch it. No, you should watch it no, because done. 
not watching it. I want to know. I want to know if you think it's sexy. <laughs> okay. Or or if it disgusts you as much as it did me. To have and have not. For whom Paradise, the bell tolls. Uh, uh, the Garden of Eden. Garden of Eden. Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden. Put that on y'all's read. It's a. That's a read. that's a easily forgotten name. Yeah. The Garden of Eden uh, <laughs> s- started the novel in 1946. Worked on the manuscript for the next 15 years. During which time he wrote The Old Man in the Sea, The Dangerous Summer, Immovable Feast, and Islands in the Stream. Mm-hmm. And this one came out after he uh, after he died. It, Very it, interesting. They talk about like um, touching on just unique uh, like experiences, like in, in sexuality and and uh, fluidity and and things. It's it's and then. You know, and even it was, I think it was in the 60s. And so she was, it was very unique for her to, you know, be dressing like a boy. Mm. Um, and they both fall in love with the same girl. Whoa. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Trouble. Sick. Yeah. Yeah. And he's yeah. a writer and is, you know, distraught and, and whatnot. It sounds like an East Nashville tale. <laughs> <laughs> the Garden of East. <laughs> the Garden of East. Uh, he like, uh, soon from <laughs> Turner Publishing. <laughs> Day he decided to tear the sleeves off of his <laughs> denim jacket, <laughs> and she did too. <laughs> Gotta reinvent myself here. Okay, what else? Just is north, 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 north of Key West on the I ninety five, the Florida Files. In Titusville, fifty eight year old woman receives a DUI on the I ninety five. Bottle of Jack Daniels mm. in her possession. That'll do it. She's driving a golf cart on the interstate. That'd be Brevard County, where at the same time that happened, um, a Florida man showed up at the Space, For- Space Force uh, headquarters. Space Force has a base, and it is it is in Brevard County mm. to warn the government of a- aliens. Oh wow, love it, love this. Corey Johnson of, uh, of Ocala, which is where John Travolta is from, mind you. I've seen the uh, I've seen John Travolta's house there in Ocala. Hmm. He's got a uh, he's got a landing strip in his backyard that goes like uh, up, like it's slanted up so that hmm. he c- he can stop the plane in time because his because he doesn't have enough property. Oh wow! For a full, I'm sure he could afford a full. Like, uh, like landing strip. Yeah, landing that's cool. Strip, hmm. Problem solving. Anyway, uh, Corey Johnson, twenty five years, twenty nine years old of Ocala, um, showed up in a F- stolen Ford F one fifty at the Space Force base, Brevard County, to warn, to warn Space Force of Chinese dragons fighting um, UFOs. Wow, Chinese dragons. You know, this is we've had this theme come up before. It's happened before where people get pulled over and they're like, Look, I have to warn you that aliens are coming. And I'm from we had another one another story like this that's actually in the book. Um time travel. About yeah, this guy was like uh, he had a point what point four or something blood alcohol like crazy. And they had pulled him over and he was like, I'm actually from the future. And I overshot my time machine by a year. So I'm here to warn you, this time next year, the aliens will be here. And they will be here to take over. So there's like 
There's yeah, kind of a. Getting them on a public, is this like deep? They're I mean, getting them on in people's brains. Like if I'm talks. fucked, I'm just gonna be like, sorry, I'm actually from the future. Unless it's true. Well, they Unless he had an true, explanation <laughs> that like <laughs> yes, for Unless his body true. for oh, the like time her. travel machine, he like the aliens had to have him at a blood alcohol level. To, yeah, to, to safely pass it yeah. through. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That, that's all in the police report. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It is. <laughs> All right. Oh, fuck. Uh, oh, in Munich. Munich, Florida? No. No, we're out of Florida. International. We're going to Europe here. Uh, Munich Brew Pub offering uh, free beer in exchange for uh, oil for their fryers, for their schnitzel. Oh, wow. Yet another food cost that we haven't talked about is oil. Oil is just like frying oil oil is going through the roof and apparently especially like in areas it makes sense in areas closest to Ukraine who produces a high percentage of the world's like uh, grapeseed oil. um, You don't have like a large stocks of it when it's ready flowing from the source up until like the uh, up until the invasion is our new which will be like a new thing in north america i believe in the coming year where mm. where do most of our oils come from like sunflower oil safflower oil grapeseed oil mostly comes from the ukraine mm. like the stuff that we're using where 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 else do we have a source for that hmm teresa got plenty of farmland here Maybe not enough. Do we have a lot of farmland? We have the Midwest, but like uh, all that shit's spoken for. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And a lot of like uh, my experience in agriculture, my grandfather's a, a soybean farmer, or was a so- soybean farmer. It's like a lot of like the sole proprietorship farmers in in the in the United States are under like government subsidies, so they're told to use basically. Uh, like they can pick a product that they're going to grow like mm-hmm. um, industrially if you have a, enough land for it. But um, you don't really have like a choice in like the actual f- seed that you're going to use. Maybe like one or two variant variants. Mm-hmm. Right. But they're like patented and owned by um, one of two major companies. Sure. Uh, but. But even then, like, if you even have a yield, like, uh, the government's going to pay you for it. And I wonder if it's the same as soybean uh, with corn. They, just to- they toss a lot of it. Like, it-, it gets wasted because it's, if you have, like, a, if you're a large corporation and you are buying all of that, you have, a, like, a large, uh, a large stockpile of it, you want to get rid of it so you can drive up the prices anyway. It's really fucked, but that's like uh, that's why people are folks are starving in Africa right now. But we have like uh, stolen grain from Ukraine in possession in the possession of Russians who are selling it to countries that are starving, who have zero choice in in where they're getting their grain from. Mm-hmm. They have to buy it, but not just because like uh, their only supplier right now is Russia. They have to buy it because they have to fucking survive. Mm-hmm. Stories that Enough will of, make you drink more. Talk shit about war in Europe, huh? 
That's all I seem to do lately. Ice Cube, rapper Ice Cube, formerly of uh, uh, NWA. You <laughs> <He> got serious. <laughs> <laughs> From um, World War to Ice Cube. He's come out with his signature iced coffee Keurig uh, canister. Oh, wow. Formulated just right to be like, uh, <laughs> I don't I, it's, I, I fucking dumbfounded reading this. So it's formulated in the right concentration to pour, to, to pour over a cup of ice to have the perfect uh, temperature <laughs> iced coffee. <laughs> wow. As if like not having fucking Keurig pods is hard. I have a Keurig. I have two of them. <laughs> And I have zero, hey, so like, no pods. I have zero pods. <laughs> like, I, what are you putting in there? I, I'm using the French press over here. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just like taking up like a square foot of the mm. freaking counter space. Well, in now my you remember, get some, we get him some, some ice, some ice, yeah, cubes, we'll get you yeah. some ice cube. Uh, remember, we had the previous booze news story maybe 50 episodes ago <laughs> about uh, cocktail pods that they were doing cocktail pods. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah. That's Sounds a real thing that really premiered gross, in uh, but... Europe. I'll check back on that for our next uh, our next booze news. And then I was going to say something about how celebrities now have tequila, coffee, espresso martinis have changed into mm. like a te- like tequila base. Do you ever see that in a restaurant now? Like people ask you have all you the do time. have coffee. They ask um, for espresso martinis? Oh, yeah. Where? Wilburn? Or? Wilburn. Yeah. They're coming in. They're wanting them. Wow. Hmm. They're wanting them. Uh, Interesting. Back to Cy, he has uh, made a compromise where he will he brings cold brew from Mostacos over. Mm-hmm. He'll give you a shot of cold brew and a shot of rum. <laughs> nice. Like, that's There you go. That's pretty cool. There's your, that's good, that's yeah. your espresso martini. Yeah, a little side by side. Yeah. I like that. We do that, and we do, um, we've been toying with what to call it. Um, but uh, we have we've started serving. I think this is a traditional vodka drink where people would take vodka with a piece of uh, fruit with coffee on one side and sugar on one side. But we've moved it to mezcal, so you have a shot of mezcal, a big thick slice of lime, yeah, with ground coffee on one side of the lime and sugar on one side of the lime. I did this with uh, you. Yeah, yeah. And so I was there that this night. This is our. I think the the. Nicest thing to call it is we're calling it the brown down because you put the coffee side down. But what we would like to call it <laughs> brown is down. the no. Watch this. What we like to call it is the the uh, beso negro because uh, a, when you're finished, your your smile looks like you just finished eating ass. So oh <laughs> my god! Oh, so good. I knew we were getting there <laughs> with the brown down. <laughs> I mean, I guess either way could go back to. Uh... <laughs> yeah. There's no way to say brown down uh, yeah, without me not romantic. thinking about eating Speaking ass. Of romantic, romantic and this is what scenario. you get. <laughs> this is what you get for ordering an espresso martini. There, yeah. 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 So you can have a brown down, or you can have a, a shot of rum. <laughs> I love it. That's fucking amazing. That's <laughs> it's really catching on. People are loving it. I'm bad. They started ordering at Moss Tacos now, too. They're like, what's that? The coffee thing? It does give you a pick-me-up. I the bet. The sugar, the coffee, the mezcal. Boom. Giving life. We need Guy to Fieri those who need to it. come back through town. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When Guy Fieri comes back, you tell him you got something for him. Yeah. <laughs> Look. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wow. 
All right, now in Mainsbury, England, hotel chef uh, Dean Dean Wade uh, ended up in a foot chase with a drunk driver who ran into the to his storefront. Whoa! Only to the war only to warn the man not to jump the fence into the local wildlife reserve. Where he was assaulted by an emu. <laughs> the guy driving the car got assaulted by an emu. Uh, the drunk driver who had run into Dave Wade's um, uh, rest, um, hotel restaurant um, hopped the fence to a emu wildlife sanctuary, where a mother emu, sitting right around six foot tall, attacked attacked the said unnamed um, drunk driver subduing him oh yeah an emu will subdue <laughs> until the garda showed up to make the arrest wow i wonder if they like you know sort of time served if they like <laughs> yeah. lenient on him yeah he, like, he got fucked got up by an up. emu bro you can go let's just call it square <laughs> yeah it's pretty dope that it was like a washington post article too yeah. uh but wade told the washington like the emu post, was unharmed it was stabbing his body all over <laughs> Wow. Uh, Wade's from Australia, I guess. <laughs> now he is. He's on a work voice. visa. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, booze news. I cannot do mm. accents anymore. Oh, there's that drunk woman again. Okay, cool. Um, in Singapore, Ooh, for sneaker, today. sneaker heads, um, in celebration of Heineken's. Do y'all carry Heineken at Wilburn? There's no Heineken. You should get the cans. Nah, dude. They got pills in kill. They don't. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. That's history. Yeah. Yeah, they follow kind of the same. Like, yeah, they have, they have, they have the quality standards at Heineken. But does Pilsner or Kell like uh, have a signature shoe with beer in the sole? Because Heineken does. Ooh, tell me about it. They got a bigger budget. Celebration of Heineken Silver, which I've never heard of before. Um. Like, I don't know it what comes that means. in cans. Silver. <laughs> That's fucking marketing. That's smart. Wow. Uh, they paired with silver. a. But what? It, what? It, what is it? We have beer in the in the sole. So yes. Like, for, like a waterbed for your feet. Pretty so much. Good. Yeah. I guess like uh, in the same vein of of air of air soles, uh, beer sole, like hmm. waterbed. Yeah. Beer bed. Like a beer bed for your feet. Uh, the transparent souls are injected with Heineken silver beer. Hmm. I'm imagining that's like a light. Yeah. It's a light beer. Hmm. Um, shoes are only inv- available in, um, they say they're in- surgically injected. That just means they're using a needle. Yeah. Like, surgically injected. Um, wow. Only available in Singapore. Blah, blah, blah. They're making 30 or 40. They're really expensive and they're really fucking ugly. They actually <laughs> well, look send, like. Send me a photo. We'll put it up on the uh, liquid gold like Instagram. A Heineken can. Oh yeah, but high tops, kind of. With but they pit, don't look... with piss in the bottom. <laughs> That's not silver. <laughs> like... Yeah, yeah. That's gold, <laughs> my friends. <laughs> That's a little. Yeah, silver. dude. Yeah. I used to love drinking Heineken. Um but warm. I feel like that warm. was like a fashion thing. 
I mean, not not fashion thing, but like a, it was very uh, like on trend. Like when we were like I don't know what is that like in the nineties or something. I felt like Heineken was very on trend. That was when I like, model. Yeah, when I was yeah when I was in college when yeah. we first met. Yeah. Um, Kenneth like, and I went to college together. Did you know that's that? That's right, I did. Oh yeah, it's impressive. Like warm Heineken in a can was like the thing in the skater house. Hmm. Like. Uh, Maybe that's why I don't like beer. I don't need it chilled. I don't need it chilled, man. No, no. It was like, uh, I guess like someone had said that like that's the way they drink it in Germany. I was like, all right. That's how we drink hamburger too then. (laughs) They don't have refrigerators. I get it. It's cool. Wow. Uh, Do I have any more? You know, espresso martinis, celebrities, half tequila brands. Yeah, I think that'll about do it, Mike. Carrie right. Brangle. Whoa, no, really quick. Oh, let's peg bring it back. Porker. Let's bring it back Carrie, to Nashville. Congratulations to one of the. Do you do you know Carrie? I know of him. I, I know of his uh, food. He is a very very cool guy. Really really sweet. Uh, congratulations to Carrie, who is um, applying for a. For a bottling license here mm. in in town mm. to uh, to actually to bottle his to, to to do his own bottling of peg leg porker whiskey and bourbon That's eventually cool. eventually a uh, twenty thousand square foot space to distill his own product. He's Whoa. making the cool. move. He's making, making the, the move. The move. So uh, he's planning on hiring something like 20 more employees which he takes very damn good care of yeah um one of the sweetest sweetest pit masters in nashville yeah yeah really sweet there's guy. not we an can, asshole pit master in nashville though we can pat talk to really, i'm sure really spent, sweet guy too yeah, yeah he is. i love pat um we can say about our cocktail he correspondent today, jess backus uh, anniversary no oh, way oh that's yes great way. wow how yeah. do you know it's just no. He just knew. Instagram. Okay. Oh yeah. Instagram. <laughs> yeah. My family great. and I have a very like uh, very tight connection to Pat Pat Martin. Yeah. He's a very he was uh, com- like he's a very thought forward person. Yeah. And like uh, I almost always get a little misty thinking about him. He gave me a lot of confidence in the beginning. That's um, awesome. Yeah, it was like super helpful and always such a good friend. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, funny as hell. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he Wiry, hey, likes like... tequila. Yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> and he helped cater uh, uh, the the baby shower for my son, Pat Martin. Oh wow. Yeah, he gave gave us a bunch of food for that. That was pretty awesome. And then we have to throw a shout out to Carrie for uh, a pig leg porker. Um, our cocktail correspondent, Jess Backus. We're going to get a little note from her at the end of the show. Um, when she was in the hospital, when she was working with us at Husk, she had to go to the hospital for some things that were going on. And uh, Carrie had come in to the bar that night and learned that Jess is in the hospital. Carrie loved Jess. Next day, sends a ton of food over there to the hospital. Uh, for Jess and her wife. Okay, I'll That's go wonderful. ahead and plug Pat That's Martin. Pretty cool. Uh, while we're on the subject, my my nephew uh, was born with like a birth defect in his heart, and he had to have heart surgery. The day, the night prior to his heart surgery, I had Pat Martin in service, and I was kind of stressed. 
pat me on the back. He's like, you good? Like normal, like, like, uh, cause we weren't busy, but I was like stressed yeah. acting, acting off. And I was like, you know, like, I don't want to talk about it at work, but like, he can't hide it. Here's the thing. You can't I told him it. about my nephew and, uh, I was working with you that night actually. Um, and surgery was in the morning. The next day I show up at the hospital, surgery went fine, everything. And there was, and everyone was like, Hey, thanks. Thanks, Kenneth. Thanks. Kenneth. We're like, what are you talking about? And Pat Martin had sent a whole shitload of food to Vanderbilt hospital and taking care of the whole floor. And like everyone didn't mention, I haven't even seen him. But once since then, mm. like he, he acted like are incredible. he acted Masters like he forgot about. I saw him like a year ago. I was like, "Hey, thanks for that." He was like, "I don't know what, what the fuck you talking about." Like, <laughs> but how nice! Yeah, that's sweet. incredible. Sweet. Yeah. yeah, like we are. Ble- Nashville is blessed for some reason. Yeah, yeah. with uh, some great pit beautiful masters, barbecue, great tacos. Man. Oh the my beautiful gosh. barbecue men of Nashville. Yeah, wow. that's incredible. Love it. That's great. Both of those but stories yeah. are great. Good one to end Mooch, loose news. Yeah. On. Muchos thank you to to Patty, Carrie Bringle, congratulations, and Teresa for being here with us today. Amazing. Teresa, what's next for you? What do you got coming down the pike? Are you going to be buying another gonna little bar around the corner? going to open a tequila distillery. going to open a... Yeah, I don't know what's next. Um, I, uh, I, I feel... I'm feeling like I'm not, I don't have any itch. I feel really good. Good. Um, I'm happy to be here with you guys. No, taco, no Tacos West? Uh, no, I would say it would be called Mas, tacos, Mas Tacos Tom Clarksville. Yeah, mm. yeah what it would there you be go. if we had it. But, um, there you go. No, until I get a taco stand on a beach somewhere where I'm just doing, you know, pina coladas and fish tacos, and that's the whole menu, then yeah. I don't see a, a second location. But. Where would this beach be, do you think? Yeah, you know where whoever will have me. Any damn beach, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whoever will have me. Mm. Um, Charleston, South Carolina. Well, okay, and I guess a, a warm beach. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever warm beach will have me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, no, I I feel good. Uh, we did. We talked about it. I say we. I guess me and the you know the the family that's living in my brain mm-hmm. um, have talked about. Uh, <laughs> When the the you know the all the canned cocktails came about, I thought it would be cool to do something because we do have such loyal uh, people and they always want to take stuff home with them and we do a lot of larger stuff and we've always talked about doing tamales like we now you, now you can get frozen tamales any day of the week at Masacos. Cool. Um, but we talked about really? whoa, whoa 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 say that again. <laughs> you can get frozen ones. Really? Yes, that's a true wow. story. Uh, you don't have to wait for tamale day. You can get your But you have tamales. to cook them yourself at home. Sure. So we just I when I'm when we make them mm-hmm. um we uh I should, I should give it a that's shout out brilliant. to my mother cuz she's the one that's making all the tamales now. I gave her oh, that a great. long time ago. Uh, but yeah, she'll just freeze in the day she makes them and so we always have uh, extra tamales available for uh people that want to take them home with them. Nice. And so you know, cool. share them and have like parties and do things. But I that got me thinking um that you know how cool it would be like, to do other stuff or you know when you see stuff like yeah. you know in the grocery store or whatnot mm-hmm. um and that would be a way so that you could you know not necessarily have another front-facing business but something else to learn about and mm-hmm. do and whatnot mm-hmm. but i haven't ever done any research yet so. mm-hmm. should look into frothy monkey is doing um like cold brew canned i saw it the other day i crushed one and it was great 
um yeah like like that that window is open um yeah you should you should Nicoletta's do something is doing a lot of stuff where they have a lot of stuff like you know for take home and and you know about like how you know people are like eating differently and you know taking mm-hmm. stuff home and, and mm-hmm. whatnot but i thought that would be cool but. do you think that's a pandemic thing that will kind of stick around for a little while like people are just kind of more um acclimated to like i just i'm gonna get some stuff i'm gonna take it home and then cook it there and make more of an experience for myself yeah. at, at home um i think about it more in a way that people want to take something home with them like it wouldn't be like a like maybe nashville wouldn't be so excited about it but like a lot of people want things like i get like can you send us like you know something or, mm-hmm. or whatnot so y'all don't do merchandise much merchandise we have t-shirts, t-shirts. Uh, we have a really cool t-shirt right now that uh it's like a, i stood in line at mas tacos nice. in nashville tennessee um that's does well and um actually we just did a, our first summer series like an artist invitations this is number one with a woman that works there uh, named janira and um she did a beautiful block print that's called bird of paradise and that's our t-shirt right now is um is her her art and with the idea that we wanted to start letting other people like do something fun Killer. they're beautiful it's really pretty awesome well, congratulations to 14 Thank years you. of Moss Tacos, four years and change of Wilburn Street Tavern. Um, that's where you'll find Kenneth and I every once in a while over there. And uh, we can maybe see you on Wednesdays there. Yeah. Doing the day shift. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Until unfortunately. Once the bartenders start coming that, in, you're clocking yeah, out. There, there's only you're that, leaving. I should let y'all self-serve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. Peace out. You know where everything is. Leave Just like ring a, it in. A box, like on a like one of the, the like my grandma used to have. Like put your money in the box. And yeah, yeah. Serve yourself. That'd be cool. Close That'd it cool. up. Yeah. Here's the key. Honor Lock system. it up. Yeah. Uh, that that could be that could work for that neighborhood. I think. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, my name's Mike Wolf, and it's been a lot of fun being here with my friend, Mr. Kenneth Dedman for so many episodes low these many years for how how many years four years i think we're four years into this no way i think so i think so yeah. 2018 and it was like we need some more things to do i was like you is like i need something else to do we're not ready to open yeah chopper yet and mike um, so that was when mike was like i'm gonna try and get kenneth up on a regular schedule yeah so, yeah like, <laughs> i wasn't seeing him that much and i was like <laughs> Kenneth, just do a uh, podcast so you can be up before noon. Yeah, most days, any yeah. day, someday. Yeah. Drag you out for it. <laughs> uh, as always, find us on the website liquidgold.show, where you can go through all the archives, of all the old episodes, and stay up to date with what's going on with us. As always, thanks so much to our producer Michael Eads and everybody at We Own This Town. Thank you, Michael. Thanks to Jess Matchin for the logo. Jess Backus for always being there for uh, our cocktail correspondent. And thanks to Upright T-Rex Music for the tunes. Jess Matchin for the logo. Shout out Jess Matchin. We look forward to working with her again here soon. And uh, check out Moss Tacos over there in Cleveland Park and Wilbert Street Tavern just across Ellington Parkway in uh, basically the same neighborhood. Teresa says you can clock it 11-minute walk. (laughs) So walk off those tacos and head over to Wilburn Street Tavern, one of our favorite bars. And... uh, a lot of times our favorite bars we don't want to tell you about. We're going to tell you about this one, though. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we love it. <laughs> uh, Teresa, thanks so much for being here, and congratulations. Thank you, guys, and, uh, and congratulations you, to you guys. Thanks for having me on Thank the show. You. 
We'll see y'all next time on Liquid Gold. Later, Tater. Right. Yay. I think that was the longest we've Thanks, ever gone. Yeah, I think so.